Craig. Okay, now we're good. Now we're good. All right. Last time on the War for the Crown, you guys finally escaped the Senate sublevels and got your first glimpse of the aftermath of the slaughter at the Senate Hall. The aftermath of Stavian deciding that the best way to stop primogeniture was just to kill absolutely everybody <laughs> who would cast their vote regardless of which side of the line they fell on. I'm not positive what you expected. I can't speak for your characters. But the city is not at war. It has not erupted into chaos, as far as you can tell. And though the bodies of dozens of senators, aides, and just anybody who was really present at the time is still laying around where they fell inside the Senate building. Outside, it just seems largely business as usual. The town is quiet. There are much fewer people walking the streets, and compared to the Day of Exaltation festivities that had completely packed the city's streets the day before, it's a stark contrast. But if you were expecting madness, this is at the very least, hopefully, a pleasant surprise. On the other hand, you learned a little bit more of the fate of your benefactor, Lady Martella. And it's not exactly good news. Beyond learning that she had been captured, you got we got an upside and a downside. Upside, you have a general idea of where. About the last thing she said is she was cut off and a note you found on one of the assassins that you ran into near the end of the underhalls point to a place called the Dignified Repository. And the downside is it kind of also points to Nell's buddy Wasilka not being a team player. Speaking of not team players, Emistos took the opportunities he met up with his friends to attempt to ambush you, but three halflings versus a party who had fought through everything in the sublevel so far, that was largely a minor speed bump. It did seem like they were fairly well trained, and that could have been a bad time had they gotten the opportunity before they were just murdered by Inori, more or less, just rampaging through with their sword, striking one of them down before they even got to move. But, again, we left off with you walking out into the city. So you are now here. And this map, Unreal 20 typically has a difficult time rendering, so you may need to give it a moment because it really likes to just be a huge fuzzy mess when it first opens. Because Looks it's good for just... me. Yeah, mine actually came through pretty quick. No, that works out. Because it's just, I, I think it's because it's the same thing as warp jumping in No Man's Sky. It's just so detailed. There's so many different little dots of colors for all these different buildings that it just has a tough time actually keeping up. And you know what I forgot to open? The actual PDF for Crownfall. I should probably... That's important. I need that. That's a thing that uh, I should probably have available. Before we get super into this, I was, I was curious. If you were to try to publish the story that we did here, would that be illegal? Uh, yeah, because it's based on the War for the Crown campaign, which exactly, is the, which is already a story. Yeah, that which they, is a um, copyrighted uh, Paizo thing. So unfortunately, even though I am writing a truly massive 
journal right up. I wouldn't be able to do anything with it other than put it uh, put it on the Discord, and then I have a link to it on my own site that I'm going to try to put on the Pathfinder subreddit at a later occasion. But that is neither here nor there. Okay. I do somewhat enjoy writing it, but I couldn't actually publish it. No, it's based on Pythos IP. Damn, because I love that on that book. Like, as a, as a physical thing on one of my shelves, it'd be great. A little I mean, the ground. There's nothing that says you can't yeah, print it off exactly. yourself. There's nothing that yeah. stops you of making a copy of it for yourself. I couldn't I no like, actually publish it and sell it, but I mean, there's there's no reason you couldn't print off, have your own copy of the Pathfinder Journal of your journey so far. But yeah, that <laughs> write-up is, is getting quite girthy. I could make it available, exactly. I just couldn't. Uh, I guess, yeah, I, I could make it available, which is what I'm doing. I it just would be super good, like, for the viewers and everybody. If, you know, whoever, like, have a guy sit down and, like, watch the whole I know it's illegal and all, but it would be so sweet to have somebody go through all this, take out all the bullshit, and literally write the book, all the shit we say in character and stuff. And uh, it would yeah, be just wrote it as an actual, like, all story. story nonstop. It'd be fucking sweet. Well, I'm not a master of copyright law, but according to official Paizo in the chat here, I could actually print it and make it available. I just can't sell it. I'm assuming it's the I mean, tag neat. on the end of that. But uh, apparently, even making physical copies available isn't illegal. I'm not, I, I'm not a copyright wizard. I just assume I can't because it's based on their IP, but. That's something I could look into as we near the end of the war for the comic. Learn from YouTube. Everything's illegal, even the stuff that's not. <laughs> Which yeah. is why we're on Twitch slash Podbin, depending <laughs> on where you're watching or listening to this. But anyway, we should probably get into the actual session here. Of course, yeah. Uh, well, real last... quick before we do. Okay, uh... two last things before we do. <laughs> Third, do your thing. Uh, hero points. I, I asked earlier if we made any custom rules for it. Uh hero point says we get one per level did you I change will, that uh i know i, I know we started with one work. yeah you started yeah. with one and i wasn't necessarily going to give you a one per level but yeah. i will give you all a second one now for escaping the sentence sub levels we're not going to necessarily do them by levels we're going to do them by deeds and for the most part since i'm just following the level curve of War for the Crown. I'm not actually tracking individual XP or anything, because I think it's much more effective running an AP like this to just level you up how it's balanced for. Yeah. Uh, those will generally coincide with you accomplishing things. But right okay. now, everyone, for wherever you are deciding to track those, you guys have a second hero point of peace. I see. And the other other thing that I was going to say real quick, last actual thing before we start playing Pathfinder, is we are going to be down one player this session. Uh, Manchow's not going to make it. Unfortunate. He got the thing that Shemi usually gets with work, where you're supposed to be around to do stuff on Wednesday, but works like, what if you just weren't and we scheduled you anyway? Nice. Yeah, Manchester's Man getting some of that. So if he's going to be here at all, it's only going to be a bit near the end. I bet he's okay. so pissed, too. Oh, he's probably incredibly mad because he, if there is anyone. I believe if there's anyone who looks forward to Wednesday Pathfinder as much as I personally, the guy who puts hours of work in every session does, I'm pretty sure it's Mantra. Yeah. So, okay. You all walk out of the Senate Hall into Opara. And as Nell had mentioned last time at the end of the session, he does have an estate on Senate Hill proper that's not far from here. And the Senate Hill area, as you look around, looks to be much the same as it was when you left it. Uh, it's a very, very wealthy area, populated almost exclusively by the lavish vias of the different senators and other lower-ranking 
political figures just around the area. Uh, a lot of these actually are residences of senators who do not live in Apara, who hail from other districts further out in Taldor to give them a place to stay during events such as these when the Senate are convening. And with the events that happened on the Senate floor last time you were in there, many of them are probably now largely abandoned. But as you look around the town, nothing seems terribly out of the ordinary to you. Uh, like I said, there's just less people out than usual and a quiet, uncertain calm just seems to be in place over the whole area. Even the usual hustle and bustle of the crowds, as it is around midday as you get out here, is very much died down, but it's not gone. There's still people around walking about doing their daily business. There's just a sort of air of confusion. But for your average Talden and beyond that, your average Aparin, nothing's largely changed. What do you want to do? <coughs> okay, what else hmm. do you want to do? Clear my throat, but um, go to my estate. I, I like, in character, fully expected there to be martial law at this point. So I'm going to go check on my family and my property and see what's changed. So yes. the rest of you, do you have holdings in Apara? Because this is a campaign where in addition to your like actual starting coin you're carrying, uh, based on your various backgrounds, it would make sense for some of you also to possibly have homes here. Yeah, uh, I just I have a house. My, but... I think my shop is in here. You know, the bounty hunter place. Mm -hmm. That would uh, probably not be on Senate Hill. But no, it would, no. Yeah, yeah it would make sense somewhere. to be here in Apara as well. Probably nearer to either the Crown's Gate or closer to the Grand Bridge uh, district near the massive southern bridge down here. And I'll let you pick, obviously, because it's your, your bounty hunter shop. The uh, first the one sounded really cool. Where's that one at? That area? Uh, Crownsgate is up here. Uh, yeah, that's Crownsgate cool. is... It sounds cool. It's the second much smaller entrance to Apara. Because there's two main entrances. There's the Lion's Gate here at the northern end. And the Crown's Gate over here a little further to the east. This is There's a, technically a third one here that's just a road. It doesn't have like a big fancy gatehouse or anything. Uh, that's mainly used by actual official military personnel. The two public entrances are Crownsgate and Landscape. Crownsgate is the older, less used one. And inside of it, the reason I say it would make sense for the bounty hunter office to be there is inside of it is one of the poorer districts in Aparo. The whole Crownsgate region uh, that spills out this way towards the river to the west is where the peasants, the servants, the aides those with enough money to at least have holdings and have a, a proper home. But that's about it. Basically the middle class. Pretty much, yeah. But there's a huge divide between the middle class and the wealthy aristocratic elite in Apara. Apara sure. actually doesn't have a whole lot of a middle class. It's kind of, you're on the upper end or you're living in, in or around the Narrows, which is this giant pile of garbage over here on the eastern side of Apara that most of the city kind of just tries to pretend doesn't exist. 
I don't imagine, I mean, you can if you want to, but I don't imagine you would be out in the Narrows. But uh, Crown's Gate would make a lot of sense near it. The other reason that I bring up the Southern Grand Bridge District is underneath the massive bridge itself. Down to the southern end, they're That's big kind of a bridge. Yeah, this it's a really big bridge. That's what it's called, the Grand Bridge. It is gigantic, and it goes just way off. It stretches it's several miles out to yeah. the <laughs> it Yeah, it goes, uh, it goes beyond the realm of Apara. It connects Apara to another southern port city. Uh, but anyway, down there, there is Grey Market, which is a huge cluster of stalls that propped up more or less here, almost in what would be the underpass underneath the northern side of Apara. And behind that, near onto the southern island itself, is the unofficial Vagabond District, which is if you can't even afford a home in the Narrows, you can literally live under the bridge like a troll. But a little further out from that here, Grey Market's a perfectly legitimate, it's like the Walmart of Obara, basically. If you just want to get some lower-end stuff, and you're coming in from the Narrows or Crownsgate or out of town, and you don't know or don't want to go to the much more expensive higher-end shops scattered throughout Senate Hill or West Park or by the Lions Gate, you would head there. So either would either of those places would make a lot of sense for your office to be. Yeah, I definitely like the first one better. Crownsgate? Yeah, Crownsgate. This sounds like a cool area, and it makes sense that, you know, it would be over there because... Her dad was doing it back in the day, and that's probably a good place to start. A lot of bad shit probably happens yeah, over here. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so how about this? I'm gonna give you this smaller <laughs> than that sword icon. <laughs> you get a hundred houses. Yeah, you get a gigantic yes! fucking sword. I'm gonna give you this. Why don't you go ahead? You should be able to control that. Why don't you go ahead and just Drop that where you want your shop to be. Can I have a coin? Okay. You like there? What's it called? Uh... Now you're on the spot here. You can, if you come up with a better one later and you want to change it or if no, you want to think about it, we'll just leave it this, uh, just the bounty agency for right now. We can do that. But I want yeah. you to get me a name for it at some point. All right, yeah, for now. That's what it's all. Okay, just leave that for right now. Uh, Nell, I will give you a marker as well. That shield seems fitting for you. I like it. Let me give you control of this as well. Why don't you go ahead and put this on your estate? What would be the confines of Senate Hill? Uh, it's the general area to the north and northeast. Uh, let me go ahead and just draw on the map here. It's north and northeast of Senate Hill. I'd say up to about this road, all the way down to the river. It's not a very large area. It's about yay big is probably the Senate Hill district. So it's mostly going down the hill towards the river canal northeast of there is that general district. Okay. I'll go Close with... uh, to the center of the city. Right there. All right. Uh, what about you, 
Dara, do you have Hello. a home or anything? Yeah, he would have. He would have been had uh, had a house in his time, uh, and it's definitely going to be around uh, this area because if that's where the military goes through and stuff like that, he's going to live. Not obviously not right on the road or anything to be in their way, but somewhere like uh, back here probably, just to be near it if they ever needed him, because uh, he would always, even though he might not be in the military uh, at the given time, he would definitely always have his name in as if they were like. Uh, a situation to arise, they'd knock at his door and be like, hi, we have to go evil. And he'd be like, of course, and he'd get his gear and go fight with them again. I think it's not impossible that Dara, being one of the major faces of recruitment, could quite possibly have a home on Worldbreaker Hill. Over here, on this hill to the west of the Senate building, is where uh, it's named after the Worldbreaker itself, which is an ancient magical and truly massive siege weapon that helped Taldor and even Apara itself become established and it used to rest there as a relic before the fifth army of exploration took it to use it and the sixth army of exploration lost it in a disastrous battle oh yikes still <laughs> keeps the name world breaker hill and up there Many of Taldor's not only high-ranking military commanders, but also soldiers of renown or some amount of fame could have homes. They would very possibly have gotten you set up in a fairly small domicile over there. Or you could keep it by the landscape. It's your character. Um, no, yeah, that's Just nice. give me the options because it seems fitting for your backstory. Um, and I do it like there. So yeah, it would be something nice, but it would not be towards the center of uh, the area. It would just be something on the outskirts because uh, they liked him, exactly. but he's obviously not one of the, one of the super high. Homes. Yeah, one of the smaller homes near the northern edge. Yeah. Yep, and I'm going to take a... If this, if this feels like we're going too slow here, let me know, obviously. But I want to take more effort just behind the curtain here, than I have previously, and actually establishing your characters as people that exist in the world, especially in Apara, uh, since the city of Apara itself is as much a major character in this campaign as any actual character. And seeing as you're going to spend not only a lot of time here, you are all also from here, and beyond that, you had some amount of renown before for Martella to have reached out to you. I want to get you connected to the city properly and make sure we have uh, at least some amount of background that makes sense so right now I have this big party token because all of you just came out of the senate hill but of course you can drag your tokens out of the journal uh, as you would normally and move yourselves around and put you just, just wherever you actually want to be uh, if you're going to split up going from here but if you're going to stick together I just have this big brick that any of you should be able to move for that purpose Beyond Dar's, your... Oh, oh good. Uh, Dar's gonna go with uh, Nell just because he doesn't have anything much at home to go to. Like, so he's not worried about the house just being blown up or anything. So he'll go with Nell to uh, ensure other people's safety. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what about you, Anori? Definitely gotta check on the shop, but I'll uh, go with to the estate to at least get cleaned up before maybe they'll come with me to check on my shop. Okay. So for now, all of you are going to be heading down to the Stalwart estate. So as you head down to the main road, 
Bullet Ascendant Hilda leads around uh, up to the north, uh, kind of curls around up the eastern side there. You do notice your first thing out of the ordinary here. And that's what appears to be, well, by all rights, a beggar, but a surprisingly well-dressed beggar. And up on the main road in Senate Hill, that's fairly largely unheard of. These people usually get run out onto the eastern side of town where the peasants live in their sad poverty. But he looks lost, confused, and some amount of desperate. Would he seem familiar to me at all? Tell me a knowledge local. I have to pull up my page. And there we go. That was the slowest rolling D20 I've ever seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> and also, just one more thing. We need to get back in the habit of saying what we roll. Because yep. we, we did it for a couple sessions and started falling out of it real hard last session. 23. Together. So the 23 on Knowledge Local, I'd say you may vaguely recognize the man. But just in like an I, I feel like I've seen him before sort of way, but he definitely wouldn't be somebody that you know. Okay. Or even what about like the name of a par and underground role? He is not some. Let me actually see real quick. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, this, you might actually get this. <clears throat> yeah, I'll let you go for it. Ah, uh, 13. Shit. Uh, with a 13, I would say yes. You recognize this man, and you don't also don't know his name, and you only recognize him from passing but you know where he came from. That is one of the several servants of House Tepish. And the reason that you know the name House Tepish is because they've kind of got a backside that most people don't really know about. There's two twins that are the heads of household now, Delirio and Grinch, and both of them don't exactly agree with the crown and with the Hostavian. And they are far from terrorists, they're direct insurgents, but they do a whole lot of behind the scenes work to undermine the current establishment. You don't know how involved in this the aides and servants are because of course it's fairly under the table. And only you would know this, not the rest of the party. I would uh, lean in and whisper that to him that he's from House Tepish. Do we need to help him? We should see what he needs. This is definitely a strange event. And Indeed. I'll start to approach him. So as you walk up to this man, uh, he, he can tell, obviously, you're, you're walking towards him. He, he turns and turns to you and puts his hand up as a beggar would and kind of looks across the party. And, and again, you're still wearing the same things you wear from the underground. So you, regardless of how healed you physically are, your clothes, yeah. your nice courteous outfits that you have under your armor are still 
beaten, bloodied, and torn. Uh, the only thing that really stands out is intact is Nell's breastplate, which is magical and he just got. But the rest of you, even your armor, is probably pretty worn. And it looks like it's been through what it's been through. Nearly 24 hours of just fighting things and just barely keeping its bear alive. He puts his hands at the Nell and then kind of notices the rest of the group who look much more bloody than Dragon. And he, he, he kind of pulls back a bit, unsure of how to react or how to address this. He doesn't say anything. He just sort of steps back. What are you doing out here? What What's happened here? He looks at you and against all the rest of the party, just kind of standing around, blood-soaked and worn. And uh, as you're looking around, you notice everyone you're not walking directly towards, so not this guy, are also noticing your status. And the couple of people that are walking around are, like, lowering their heads, averting their gaze, crossing the street to walk by on the other side of the road. You're being given a very wide berth. But uh, he looks back at Nell and just kind of stammers, uh, I didn't know where, where else to go. I, I'm sorry, sir. I'll take my business elsewhere. I'm not asking you about your business. I'm asking you literally what happened here. We've been underground. We've, as you can see, barely escaped. You give me answers, I'll give you food. And he looks at you and he seems fairly confused. But somewhat placated, and he he looks at you and he says, "I don't know what kind of underground you found yourselves in. That you haven't heard that Kadiran terrorists attacked the city. They killed half the Senate." Yes, we were there for that. That's how we ended up underground. I need to know what happened after that. We haven't been outside in a full day, I'd imagine. Just, the man like at this that. point just looks pretty pretty utterly bewildered at this point with these the things he's saying are just beyond him. But ignoring the whole underground any that, he responds again, I I don't right now, sir. I've not much house to return to and it's still under investigation, but there haven't been any further attacks. But I know that the the gods and the constables in the white hall are trying to piece together what's happened but i i haven't had any proper word there's been no accusations from what i heard the they died in the attack all right well if that's all you know that's all you know and just to be safe i don't know he doesn't seem like he's lying but i would still like to check Anger or sense motive. What Seems like he's get? telling the truth, but I rolled a 20. You rolled a hard 20 and your sense motive is zero, so you get a 20. Yes. And he, he seems entirely sincere. You don't get any sense of deception from him. Okay. He just seems like exactly how he appears. He's just very confused and lost, more or less. I'm going right. to touch Nell on the shoulder and acknowledge that, you know, people are starting to take a look to us. Maybe we should uh, get to your estate and get cleaned up. Yeah. So I'll tell him to come along. As I said, I, I would give him food. So I will bring him to my estate, have them feed him, and then send him on his way. And he, he nods and thanks you profusely. Still kind of concerned about your 
very bloody traveling companions here, but he's not going to turn that down. And, and again, the man's dressed in a fairly decent courtier's outfit, about the same grade that you guys were wearing when you went down. He's looks like he's far from poor, but whatever has happened, he claims he's got nowhere to go. But he'll follow you back to your estate for a meal. Absolutely, he will. So, with that, the rest of you start heading around up this eastern road. Uh, past Aroden's view, which is the southern hill here, topped with, you can see it on the map, this massive domed chapel on the highest hill in all of Apara. Aroden! Looking down over everything. And you notice something else as you get a little further up the road here and you pass by Imperial Square. This C-shaped building to your east here, to, the, to your right, is the Imperial Palace. It is, and in fact, all of the roads around it are completely blockaded off. Uh, soldiers still have a perimeter set up around the entire area, and even the main access roads around the Imperial Palace itself are completely denied to civilian travel. There are patrols of guards going around the palace itself, entire brigades of them up and down the roads, and several checkpoints set around where any of the other major roads intersect with that ring around the palace. It is on complete and total lockdown. Can't say that surprises me, honestly. They'll be like that like a swarm of angry bees for quite a while. I don't blame them. And the the man that you're bringing with you, the servant pipes up. It's been like that since the massacre. They've they hear the prince is missing. Yes, we were told the same thing. It's been quite the show. No one's allowed within a hundred yards of the palace. Not even the soldiers are allowed inside. Just the elfin guard. I suppose and, I'll keep walking. Yeah, you continue down to Nell's estate. So you arrive at Nell's estate, which looks like what? Well, if I remember correctly, you said my father was a minor member of like local senate. Like he not Senate Hill, like some other form of local government. Yes. So, I suppose it would be walled off, as I would imagine a lot of these places are. Not massive, but still fairly decently sized. Mostly property versus structure. Say, just, of course, as, as many of them are here, trying to get as much land around themselves exactly. as they can, as much freeholding. So, there's a, a swath of just gardens and lawns around the building with a fairly great amount of distance to the next of the vias. Vilas. I never actually knew how that word was pronounced. I don't know if it's via or vila. It's villa. Is it villa? If you're speaking English, it's villa. Is it that generic white person? Is it seriously yes. villa? It's yes. not even an English word. How do we fuck that word up so bad? I don't I know. That. I just <laughs> I'm just clicking in the middle of the thing on the map. It doesn't mean anything. It would be via if it wasn't English. Is it but... via? See, I thought it was via. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so um, an in-shaped estate with uh, I like that. different sections. The best example that I can think of is how in Strange Aeons you explained the ghost's estate. Mm -hmm. 
where like you had the library and the study and, and stuff yeah, like that. It's divided into several separate exactly. wings off of like a central almost residential quarters where the bedrooms and whatnot are and then there's a library wing and a different stuff. Like an observatory, this, that, um, and the other. Kitchens or dining areas on the other side. Very segregated into its different areas. Yeah, everything's very neat and where it's supposed to be. So as you approach the river here and get to Nell's estate, everything seems to be normal and fairly in order. You can see across the canal to the north here, towards the Lionsgate district, which is one of the much busier sections of the city. Things seem to be moving more almost just standard business as usual over there. There's still plenty of people in the streets going about their daily lives, either doing their work, selling wares, or on their way to buy various groceries or oddities. Uh, travelers still seem to be coming out as much as they are, uh, or as much as normal, and everything uh, almost looks like nothing happened. So as you, odd, but... as you head into the estate proper, everything seems to be fairly normal. So what family do you have here on the estate? What do you mean? It, it would just Is be... Is it just you? No, parents. Or... You what? Parents. Yeah, that's what I figured. Because my dad's not dead yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I was asking for as I role-playing NPCs don't exist. <laughs> so it's just your mom and dad. And your dad's Mom, a minor. dad, servants, and whatever entourage he keeps. Okay, and he's a minor, not a pirate senator. So he wouldn't have been there at the... He might have yeah. been there in some other capacity, but not actually as a senator. Yes. So as you arrive, you notice pretty quickly approaching by one of your various servants out in the garden. And they immediately call out to you, Sister Dear, mother's been... Bloody worried, you're okay? Yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. It was a bit hairy for a moment, but we're here now. How's everything been on your end? And he walks up to you and he just smacks you, just straight in the front of your breastplate. It's like, you know, damn well better than that. Run off to the Senate building, all that happens. You don't check in for a full day. Well, I would have if I could have. I've been underground. There's this catacomb of sorts. We got stuck down there. And he just shakes his head, be like, I can't say I'm surprised, of course, all of this happens and you're off exploring some undertable. <laughs> Come inside, your mother's damn near stressed herself to death. Very well, very well. Uh, would you please see that this man gets a meal? He's helped inform us of the situation. And he turns and looks over to the rest of the party you have with you, which is, again, someone else's servant. And then just an entire squad of various just bloody people who look like they're at the moment mostly okay, but not doing super fantastic. And he looks over them and just kind of shakes his head and turns back to the house, of course, and she's being an entire load of bloody company. Literally bloody company. Is the guest? Yes, yes. Come in. Welcome to the estate. And with that, I will make my way inside if you two have anything to say. It is quite nice here. Uh, honestly, a little surprised. Yeah, a little nicer than I'm used to, that's for certain. <laughs> uh, as you could probably tell, I don't like being around here. I prefer to spend my time in the taverns or out with the people. This is my father's taste. And as you go in, 
the servant shows the rest of the party off to the uh, wing to the left, a dining area near kitchens where he has another servant bring in up just a small meal, just some breads and meats, just to get you something quick that you can eat because this the the random you picked up from the street looks com still completely out of his element, like he doesn't even know what's happening. And then as he after he tasks them off with something else, he drags you back up into the living quarters, uh, heading up the stairs and into your father's office. And as you walk in there. He sees, and he immediately stands up and steps almost out, and just like almost rushing out from beside his desk. It's one step out to the side, and then Lexi looks back at the servant and nods, and the servant bows himself out of the room. He just looks back at you. <laughs> Where have you been? What is this? Well, as I've told everyone up to this point, there's a catacomb. Uh, I don't know how we got there but and I'll pull off the little brooch band uh badge badge was it it was a, it's a little brooch yeah that has the veritas yeah. sigil on it this right here saved mine and my acquaintances lives it sent us underground we got away from the worst of it and he reaches out and takes it and looks at it and turns it over and just laughs okay <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Of course, all this hubbub up on Centered Hill and you're off exploring dungeons on some grand adventure. Can't say I'm surprised, but your mother's going to be more than pleased to see her well off. We should get to her uh, sooner rather than later, but this... Hmm. He seems to be contemplating it. And he takes it uh, back to his desk and puts it down and sits down at the table and pulls out a little monocle and starts inspecting it. while he's inspecting that seemingly consumed like he's forgotten that he just said he wanted to do something else yeah. i'm going to take my breastplate the uh the damaged one that i still have strapped on my back and i'm just gonna hold it out to my left and drop it so it makes a nice loud clang and he kind of jumps up in his seat and looks and you all down in the dining room who are having another one of the servants bring you a a, a small meal to this massive clunk upstairs Come now, Father. This is... Oh, by Avatar! What have you been through? Magic rats, to say the least. It's... Magic rats. Well, come, I'll, I'll fetch your mother. You're gonna have to tell us all this, this whole story, I'm sure. Because I'm sure looking at the breastplate, you can see it's that a good clearly... like third of the front has been melted. Yeah, one of the pauldrons is actually fused into the breastplate itself from where the acid had melted. And he gets up and comes out of the room and leads you to your mother, who is a, a much, much expected motherly reaction of nearly fainting from shock and then making very thoroughly sure that you are uninjured, which at this point you are. Largely, are you not? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine now. Are you, or are you still injured from when the halfling assassin got you? I don't know if you... Oh, no, we didn't like, get what healed. Your, what is your HP actually at? One. Oh, You're no. literally at one. I, yeah. No, he can't no, be at one. No, because we didn't walkers. get healed. You got enough to get up, and that was actually it. You are. I have you at eleven on your character sheet, which is. Did about I drink half. my potion? I think you did drink some potion. You healed up some. I know you didn't we, stagger out there once because you were worried. It was when I was getting healed. 
Yeah, no, I, I took the potions off my sheet, so I must have drank one of them. Yeah, you were worried about there being more assassins. I know you healed up somewhat, but I wasn't sure you were actually up. So you are literally half dead. Yeah. Which is enough for you to walk around and be okay. But your mother pretty rapidly finds the still fairly open gouge from uh, Ziggy's, not Ziggy, Amistos' rapier, where he'd taken you down. And it takes 100% of both you and your father's ability to exert control to stop her from just rushing off of the estate to find a doctor immediately. <laughs> and many repeated uh, assurances that you are at the moment okay. She is not fully convinced, but she at least does not run off into town to try to go find uh, someone to be a physician immediately. But she seems more than slightly overwhelmed by the situation. Uh, while this is happening... To my father real quick, perhaps we shouldn't tell her about the magic rat immediately. And he wouldn't have brought in the breastplate with you. You you would still have that back in his office. Yeah. Drag that along. Because he would, you would both probably know better than to show that. It would be um, very obvious that I'm not using my normal equipment. Because my normal equipment is, is like painted with the, the family symbols and right. stuff. Right. Like and Shailen. you're wearing a, like a, a, where's a, a mark of the second army of exploration. And you have that giant slayer, the hand axe is emblazoned with the, with the ancient like Ofen runes yeah. and designs on the, on the haft. So it's, it's very different from the normal toting gear you have. Meanwhile, down the table, as he gets some food in him and starts to settle a bit more, the servant that you picked up off the street introduces himself as Gregory. No last name, no family name, just Gregory, the servant. And he goes on to explain in much more detail more about everything he's heard about what happened. And he says, he recaps again the Kadirian terrorist attack. And through this is just through mouthfuls of bread. It's just going crazy when her food gets brought out. Uh, he's not, like, just stuffing fistfuls in his face. I mean, he understands etiquette to some extent, but he is at the at the edge of what is generally acceptable in polite company or how fast you can shove bread and meat in your mouth. And uh, he explains, like I said, I heard it was Kadirian terrorists. They, they got a whole cell in here, somehow infiltrated the... The soldiers? It wasn't the city constable. They were on the other side. So there's this big battle. The Ofen trying to protect the Grand Prince and the city guards and the the police on one side and then all the soldiers that have been brought in who turned out to be this, this secret cell that somehow got into the country. We don't, we don't know how they did it. We don't know how they got through. We don't know how they passed into the, into the halls or anything beyond that, but there were dozens of them. Dozens of them just started swords everywhere. Now, I, I only saw part of this. I wasn't on the floor itself, mind you. But I heard from my uncle, who I got into contact with. He, he's a, a retired lion blade, so he's he's had a bunch of things. That the, there was a second attack. It wasn't just at Senate Hill. They were trying to kidnap Princess Eutropia. Really? Right. It's not even the Grand Prince. It wasn't even about the Senate. This was all the big diversion. As, uh, seems... Is she alright? Nobody knows. She just up and disappeared. So, mostly everyone that was involved is either dead or missing. 
it seems. Oh, of course. It was a, it was a, it was a bloodbath in there. It was it was crazy. I, I, you, I saw you coming out of the building. You, you must have seen the scene on the floor there. The constables now maintain the princess is safe in Imperial Square, but I've heard she's nowhere inside the confines of the city, and the Lion Blades can't even find her or her father. And he's kind of like lowers his voice when he's doing this, like, what are we saying? It's like it's some... Someone's gonna overhear, and... Like, it's some huge secret he has to keep from everybody, as he's also very excitingly explaining it to the first people he's met. How convenient. And Dar just scratches his beard, sitting about. I heard that's why they won't let anyone in. That's why they're keeping down the entire perimeter. They don't want anyone to realize the princess is missing. That's why nobody's given a statement. Nobody from the royal family spoke, uh, stood up to make a statement. You'd think surely by now they would have addressed the concerns of the city. Yes, you uh, might think that. It's because she's missing. I'm sure that's what it is. Hmm. All the same, this, none of this is good news. We need to clean up. And uh, Dara will get up and see uh, if any servants will allow him into uh, any of the bathrooms. As you stand up, he'll turn the rest of the party. Right, I, I, I didn't want to pry, but what? Were you there? Did you say I was down here now? No, you're still up with the other okay. two yeah. Just making sure. It's Dara, Inori, and Taylor. Yes, uh, we were there, unfortunately. And you survived, so you saw them. He looks, he looks almost confused as he's looking at you, specifically saying this. We saw something, that is for sure. He just was... nods and... Sensing, obviously, that you don't super want to go into it. Based on the hesitance, he doesn't ask any further. Noise just stuffing her face, looking around. Yeah, Noise just going, looking at the same thing. So you stand up and you ask that same servant. He doesn't seem to like Nels. The Stalwart family is not gigantic. He doesn't have dozens of servants running around. So it's the same one who brought you the food is waiting on you. Would lead you to a uh, washroom you could use to uh, shower and, and clean up. Yeah, think of the house as much more than required. Yeah, but not like a turbo mansion. Yeah, not like two stories, nice and spacious, but not fucking massive so they definitely have like a guest washroom you could use that you'd be perfectly fine cleaning up in but he doesn't unless uh nell or someone can offer he doesn't have much he can offer you in the way of new clothes unfortunately but you would have that back in your own house yeah no i just wanted to get the blood mostly off of me yeah so as he goes out to as dara goes out to become less looking like he was just almost murdered uh gregory turns to you inori and just says, is he a Syrian? Wait, what what did he say? I can hear it. Is he is he a Syrian? Were you were you with him? Yeah, we were there when it went down. But you were you were with him during the attack. I heard that it was the Assyrian military that was supplying the Kadirans. 
Oh, I can vouch for that, man. He was with us the whole time. Oh, no, 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 of course. Nothing. I I'm not trying to say him specifically. It just seemed inappropriate to bring up in his presence of whatever it is you've all been through. He seems... It seems like there's a lot of different stories going around of what actually happened. It's hard to say what really went down to begin with at all. Oh, no, no. I, I heard this directly from my uncle. You, you familiar with the Lion Blades? I've heard. Are they, like, the direct protectors? And he kind of, like, mulls that thought around a bit. And say, there... Rethinks and strokes his chin a bit. Like, he's unsure either what he should say or how much he should say. And he continues, they're... Protectors, yes. The Ulfin Guard are the show of force. They're the muscle. The lion blades, the mind behind them. They're what's secured the throne for centuries. Not being a member myself, even I don't know much of what there is about them, but if there's anything that's happened in Apara, especially on this scale, they'll be the ones in the know. Hmm. And what I mean, exactly are they saying again? It was the Kadirian terrorists. They were trying to kidnap the princess. The Osirian military, for whatever reason, I, as far as I understood, they had good relationships with Taldor and with Apara's trading partners, but they funded this Kadirian attack. Mm -hmm. And that's... Yeah, this is, this is conjecture now, of course. Probably how they got into the city in the first place. The merchant ships. It's the only way that makes sense. Sounds like a lot of thought was put into this that that's what happened. No, of course it would have had to. An attempt on the princess's life. You can't you can't simply go about something like that haphazardly. You have to have plans upon contingencies, upon backups. So I'm assuming that's uh that's why the 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 uh castle's so fortified over there. They're still trying to maintain the story the Princess Eutropia is safe inside, but I'm positive that she's missing. Whether she had to go into hiding on her own, or whether the Kadirans got a hold of her, who knows? The question is... And he stops for a second. What are the Sand People going to do with the Princess? Well, in my line of work, if they had her, they definitely would have been asking for a ransom of some sort. And if that hasn't come out yet... But Taldor is not going to take that laying down. That'd be war. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if that's could, what's happened, of course. No, I mean, there's many stories. Kadirans are. Don't get me wrong. They're not the brightest lot, but that's a that's a level of insanity that should be impossible. It does seem rather far fetched. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Borderline stupid to make a move like that in, in this. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree. But, uh, yeah, uh, you got a place I can uh, clean up, though? And uh, the same one for me that once Dara was done, of course, you could do. They have the same washroom and shower. They only have one in the guest wing that you'd be able to use. So, upstairs, you've managed to placate your mother. And explain more or less the story to your father, who I assume you trust enough to just tell him yeah. the basic tale of what happened. Probably dumbing down the almost dying parts as your mother is still flitting around, unwilling to go you know, more than about eight inches away from you at this point. So, playing down, if not outright omitting all of the life-threatening dangers 
There's some scratches here and there. This is my only serious wound. Explanation of what happened. Yeah. So how would how would they take that? And your father's just kind of listening, mostly silently, just the occasional mm-hmm, right as you're going through. And when you're done, he says, "Hmm, it's quite an interesting tale. I, it's, it's magic. It's dangerous. It, it has its own mind. There's, there's badges, things like that. They, you can't control them. Well, your mother is." You. Right, though. We should get you to the, to a physician. That wound, and he uh, gestures to the uh, the stab wound for me, so a wound like that isn't going to simply heal on its own, not properly. Very well. I have two things to take care of first. Three things to take care of first. As you can see, I don't have my normal okay. gear. Tilts his head. He's like, I, I saw it. You would have probably, you would have explained where you picked that up. I'm sure. Yeah. And I would also any. explain that I can never remember her name. Who's Martella? No, the we, the one who attacked everyone during the oh Trant. Trant. Yeah, she has my sword and shield. I need to go get those, and I need to go get. Payment, and then now, we. Trans Estate's not far from here. Um, she would be up in West Park, which is just a little ways up in the northwestern corner, just a little ways down the road from where you are right now. Uh, West Park being, whereas this is where a lot of these senators from out of town have their holdings, or smaller senators. West Park is the wealthiest district in the city, where every bill and every property is lined with stone walls as if they were minor castles. And Trant, her father being a standing member of the Oparin, the Talden National Senate, her view would be up there. Yeah, so I would explain, we got some people out, they offered to pay us. I need to go collect that now that they've had some time to go back to their estates. And then... He just laughs, of course! Uh, a lot of you get trapped in this crazy magic basement and you still manage to make a coin off of it. Well, there'd be no point in being down there if there wasn't money involved. Uh, raised you well. And out of character, he said that purely to entertain his father. Uh, they would, uh, he would be fully aware also that you are being somewhat sarcastic. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> so. You guys are a little acquainted. Yeah. So, and the third thing we need to do, uh, Dara didn't want to check on his house, right? Yeah, yeah he's not too. We talked about that before we came in. He's not too worried about it. Uh, if we have a chance to pass, obviously we'll try to grab clothes, but uh, he's not in a huge rush to get back to his house for any reason. All right. So we did want to go check out Anori's place, just to be sure, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, so that would be the third thing. Collect the money, get my equipment back, and go check on Anori's home. Fair enough. I and then I'll come back, <laughs> and they can take me to a physician. And uh, he nods, and as well, 
At least you're here safe. We'll be sure to get you fixed up, and if you have business to attend to, you have business to attend to. I won't keep you, but I do appreciate you checking. I have to make sure I'm not dead every now and then. <laughs> not to get you a new outfit, clearly. Here. And, uh, he offers you, uh, a change of, uh, a change of clothes from I would imagine you're big enough you don't really manage your own wardrobe. You just kind of have servants deal with that, or do you have your own? <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have your, do you deal with your own closet and stuff? Because either either he's going to offer both. you something, or he's going to tell you you should probably change before you go. Uh, it, it would be both. <laughs> he would have his selection of clothing for when he's doing his type of, of fun, just out and about. The drinking buddy suit. Exactly. And then he would have his Sunday best father provided these so that I can look nice at events. Fair enough. Then in that case, he's going to tell you that you should probably get changed and more to a normal a, outfit. A little less shredded and mentioned he's not even positive that this is worth trying to salvage at a tailor. Not with all the holes in it. So I'll go take the time to change into normal clothing and I would imagine that gives with me having to remove and put my armor back on that gives everyone else their time to get cleaned up in the bathroom this is the first opportunity they've had in a while to get washed up properly because there was uh, again there was plumbing down in the safe room they had running water but there wasn't much in the way of a proper shower and there were kind of what nine people sharing oh, yeah. that There's place a lot. that was very much not meant to hold that many people so this is the first proper Maybe we're trapped in this basement forever and we're going to die here. Opportunity for you to actually get yourselves cleaned up. So it might take a moment. And they don't have much to put on other than their shredded and still fairly bloodied clothes. But you can clean them up somewhat in the washroom. You don't exactly look presentable, but you look much better. And that would be enough time, yes, for you all to reconvene down in the entryway. So, upon coming back down and uh, either waiting around or finding them one way or another. Uh, we had to collect payment from three people. It was Trant, who you said was to the northwest. Yeah, you would probably be able to find Trant's place. The other three are like lesser aristocrats. Well, one was going to that upper class bar. You could try to find him there, yeah. Sir Plastian was going to go get Sir Plastered. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> the other two, um, obviously, I suck at remembering names. The other two, it may be up to them to try to contact you. Because Stalwart is a decent family name, and they know you. So, and you had a decent amount of downtime while you were waiting in a safe room. You would probably have had an... Uh, they would probably have offered or elaborated further that they would have, come uh, find me. They would they come ready. find you, yeah. Okay. The other two, they said where they were going. So we know where to find them. So, what's the plan, party? Uh, I imagine since to our far to the right is Anori's, unless Anori really wants to go right now. Uh, I really need to get this shredded ass dress off. Yeah. Oh, fair. Then, yeah. I mean, there would be clothes at my place. And you don't have tomorrow. to stay together. I mean, I'm just going to uh, make sure everyone's okay. So I'm going wherever the like group is going. Well, but I mean, if Nori... I, 
I appreciate the getting cleaned up and stuff, but I, I have to check on my shop. Like I have to go there. That's where I'm going next. And if you guys could come, that'd be great. If not, I really don't need you. I'm sure uh, Nell has the ability to get money from them without me. So I will go with you. If you guys don't think you need me, I'll go take care of this and we'll split the shares when we reconvene. Uh, Say meet up back at my estate before evening. Sounds fine to me. Sure. So as you split up, each of you doing what you, you need to do to get reestablished and to rest and kind of heal and prepare yourselves before you head anywhere. You each kind of think back to both the note you found and the last words you heard from Martella. It's a dignified repository somewhere. Probably has the spy master in it, but you do kind of need to have some amount of health and be some amount of ready before you head into what seems to be a Brotherhood of Silence stronghold. Yeah, I was. But it does kind of weigh on each of you that you've got a bit of a timer here. Yeah, I was gonna save anything relating for that until the next day after we've had time to heal up and whatnot. Right. So Nell's gonna head up into West Park to go search for Trance Estate. What about the other two? You're all splitting. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Nori to the agency. Okay, well, let's keep the party icon. The party icon yeah. is both of you guys, then. So, uh, we'll do Nell first, because he has a much shorter journey. You head up the main road here into West Park, and that road leads directly up to a another, uh, possibly the third biggest government building here in Apara, and that's this little dumb building right here. It's called the Altar of Divine Innovation. Which you'd all be familiar with, especially now having a minor senator for a father. It used to be a temple to Erodin, and it got converted into the home of bureaucracy afterward. The a temple to paperwork, as the joke is frequently made. And though there is the Imperial Palace and the Senate building, which is kind of the big show, the front of all the government, the altar divine innovation here is where most things actually generally get done. Think of this as the Aparin DMV. Oh boy. But for everything. And that's the main building the road leads up to here, as West Park kind of sprawls out again with these massive vias and manors almost exclusively walled in around each side. As you uh, as you pass by, looking around, it's not terribly difficult to locate the individual estates of any particular senators. Part of the point of being an official on the government is that other senators, and even beyond that, concerned common folk or concerned business interests, can come locate you to attempt to hear you out, or have you hear them out as the case may be, make their own points, see what your points are, and just generally take whatever hand they can the government. So it's not terribly difficult for you to find the Trent Estate. And the Trent Estate is much, much larger. Uh, being up here in West Park, and again, him being an actual standing national senator, their mansion 
is just kind of a monument to opulence here. Perfect time for L20 to go down because we're not actually really doing anything with it right now. Uh, it, it's almost a monument to opulence. It's a huge, sprawling mess of different stone wings and halls uh, that seemed like they're almost disorganized. Like, there was no overall plan when the estate was built. They simply started with something and just kind of kept adding on to it as they decided they wanted more additional things. And it is gated from the outside. Near uh, Next to the gate, though, there is a fairly common implement in the richer districts of Apara, which is a small magical box. You can place a hand on it and speak, and your voice will ring out inside the entryway of the manor itself. Many of the wealthier estates have this simple magical device. So I'll just approach, place my hand on the box. Despite being unfamiliar with magic, these are quite common. I'm used yeah, to you'd these. be pretty familiar with these. It's just touch it, and the general procedure is you touch it and state your name and your business. Yeah, so this is Nell Stalwart. I'm here to check on Miss. Can't remember her name for my life. I don't know why. It is in your journal if that helps. I know, I'm looking. 50 billion other people. It's uh, Malphine, it. uh, Dame Malphine Trance as her full title. I will repeat that to make sure that she has made it home safely after the events in you the Senate. This? You got that. Malphine go. Trant. Got it. It isn't really Malphine is a super weird first name. I will give you I will give you the understanding on that one. I, I'm just dumb when it comes to names. That's anyway, you me. uh you touch the magic speaker box. Say that and take your hand off. And you kinda of wait. And you sort of wait. And after maybe thirty seconds or so. The another voice rings out, come in, and the gate begins to slowly grate open. So I will go on ahead and walk myself up into the estate. And as you head up the very large drive that heads up to the front wing of the estate with three or four different all- Pretty expensive carriages lined up next to a large stable wing with a what's got to be at least a dozen, two dozen horses in it. Uh, a servant comes out of the front and comes down past the fountain outside their doorstep to meet you halfway down the drive. And as he approaches, he is carrying on a small platter, a almost like a red velvet little bag tied with a fairly simple white string. And he meets you and he says, Sir Stalwart, the uh, lady has declined to meet in person, but she has said that you are most likely here for this. And hands it out towards you. I will take it. As you pick it up, you can hear the jingle of coin inside. And looking inside the bag, it appears to be a couple small stacks of 30 platinum. I will uh, tell him thank you and ask if there was a sword and shield involved as well. And he stops and shakes his head. The man did not mention a sword and shield, but if you wish, I can go request. Uh, if you would, please. They are very 
personal items. You'll recognize them as I have painted them in various forms. They're, they're quite decorative. He nods says, very well, sir. You will follow me into the reception area. And turns around and heads back up the drive with you towards the mansion proper. And he leads you inside to a fairly decently sized and elegantly furnished waiting area. Uh, where you can see at least one other servant just kind of clean the area before he bids you wait there and heads deeper into the mansion. At this time, it's going to be a few minutes before he returns. But he would return with your family's sword and shield. And says, the dame professes her apologies, but yes, she says that these uh, do belong to you, sir. Thank you, and thank her for her payment and the returning of my items. Uh, I hope that you and your, what, what would be, uh, just employers, I guess, if he's a servant. Your house, probably. Yeah, your house. I hope that you and your still house... are. In Taldor, servants and aides that work for a higher house like this are almost effectively part of the family. Like, they live in servants' quarters on site. They live in part of this estate. Yeah. They basically stay here their entire lives. So it'd be his house. So I, I hope that you and your house have a safe time with everything that's been happening. And Nell would actually probably stumble over this about as much in character too, because this is the kind of this is the side of nobility he tries to stay away from as much as physically possible. Yeah, he's so, not super this familiar is with this. Not in character, how much you just kind of stumble through the the awkward uh, goodbye here, and the seven nods says, "As to you, sir, Navadar finds you in good graces and may the gods shine on your path." Now, is there any other business you need here? No, that's it. Would you like to escort me or should I just leave? And he uh, steps forward and opens the front door for you and says, I'm sure the sir can find his way to the gate. I'll make sure it's open when you arrive. Thank you. Goodbye. And he just nods. And you head out and as you walk about halfway down the drive, you hear the grinding and see the gate start to open up in front of you again. And you make your way through and back out into Apara as a whole. The rest of the party is making their way toward Inori's shop. And so you head down this may, this road here, but since there is the huge blockade around the Imperial Square, let me actually just go ahead and put something on the map there. This whole general area is inaccessible. So you have to, since you have to make your way around there, you got yourselves a uh, fairly decent walk across town. That's a trek. That is quite a journey. Uh, both of you would know that you're better off sticking to the Lion's Gate side of the canal as much as possible, as even somebody who lives or works in Crown's Gate or anywhere near the Narrows, really, is just going to want to stay away from there as much as physically possible. So you walk on the Lion's Gate side of the canal as far as you can. Uh, in fact, probably even opting to go all the way around here and loop back up into the shop rather than cross at this more southern bridge, but that's up to you two as a pair. Probably better to go up to the, the far bridge and cross over there. want to go through as little crown skate as possible. So as you're passing by here, again, everything just seems to be business as usual. On this side of Apara, 
where the more common folk live. They've probably heard of the attack, but it's not in any way changing just their daily business. Everything here seems to be as it always has been. Nothing truly out of the ordinary. And you arrive after a few minutes walk, uh, probably around when Nell is leaving the Trant Estate and Anori's shop. And what's it look like? Not in the greatest condition. Uh, it's aged. It's been here a long time. Uh, there's definitely a certain charm to the, the age of it, but you mm -hmm. can definitely tell that it's uh, it's a law enforcement place, you know, bounty hunter type deal. Are we going like the more official looking kind of bounty hunter place, or would this be? It, I you guess can the tell... equivalent of the opposite of the bail bonds places that are just covered in fucking signs. What about Nick um, Valentine? No, no, you, you can tell. No, or like the Fallout 4 kind of like Nick Valentine-esque PI kind of place. Yeah, kind of more towards the Nick Valentine side, but it, it used to be more official, obviously. You could tell that it, you know, it, she's not her dad. Like, that's not the same thing. He was by the book. She's sort of like, oh, I'm just sort of doing this thing. It's not as official anymore, and the, the place is kind of run down because it's not only been doing at it a year. And here in Crownsgate, you can't get a whole lot of a massive building, so it's probably a fairly small wooden mortar building, uh, just kind of sequestered in the much more haphazard streets. Uh, you can even see clearly on the map here as you head from the southwestern side of town to the northeastern, it goes from fairly wide placed, uh, winding sort of vistas and nice tree-lined paths to what let's just call it a clusterfuck up on the northeast side of Apara <laughs> around Crownsgate and the Narrows it, it's like when you go into the downtown area of a city that's been around for a really long time and it's just really really close-knit clustered streets but even more haphazard than that because this is was just developed as a poor district the streets have very little sense to them, sometimes winding around and looping in ways that would somewhat be uh, reminiscent of Neruzovin, but without the actual insanity. But you do eventually, uh, I mean, Inori knows where she's going. These winding streets make your way back into this small building. Uh, and it would be labeled with, I, I guess, a fairly plain sign. What was your father's name? Is, that, is it in your backstory? Dante Dentho. Dante Dentho. Uh, the sign on the top would say the White Raven and have a picture of such a bird and perched on a branch and below it, Inori Dentho, uh, where a plate was added bearing Inori's name, covering something up underneath. Turn around to Dara that we're, well, we're here. Let's, uh, I mean, nothing apparently looks like my shit's still intact. No one, like, burned my building down, right? <laughs> and you you live here as well, right? Yeah. Just in the back, probably. Yeah, oh, the building would be intact. Uh, nothing has really happened. Nothing has really befallen Crown's Gate and the Narrows. It's just business as usual. Well, the peasants care if a couple dozen senators died. <laughs> That's true. Doesn't oh. largely affect their daily life. Dara will just uh, smile and look at the place. It is uh, nice. It just looks a little tired. It's a piece of shit, I know. I'm trying, man. 
I would never say such a thing. A white raven. My dad was such an asshole. Ugh. So as you head in, you can tell that it is both a place of business as well as, well, where Inori and previously her father had lived. Uh, the front door opens into a reception room, a simple waiting area with, at this point, probably a several-day-old newspaper, uh, newspaper uh, available in the corner and maybe just a small circle of chairs and couches where people could wait. Uh, a second simple door leads through uh, behind an area there. there's a counter. Think of like a dentist's office, basically, how you walk in and there's a reception area and then there's like the counter window thing in front of you. Yeah. But on the other side of that looks to just be a normal living area. Uh, you could even, from the reception, lean over the desk and just look back and just see what is functionally Inori's living room back there and uh, connecting to it a small kitchen and washroom. And we're gonna. I'm just gonna walk right in and immediately go back to, back to her room, and she's gonna start ripping through stuff and looking for things and grabbing materials for spells and trying to, trying to find these, her uh, her clothes. Obviously, the ones in the token. That's what we're going yeah, for. Yeah, the, the more traditional, yeah. less courtier's dress kind of thing. So you, you dig through and you get yourself a more standard outfit for Nori. You're now less less in the Where's your token? Dang it. Oh, I closed everything. <laughs> I was trying to find your freaking token. There we go. You're now less in an ornate dress and more in just the kind of dull, dark, colorless, functional outfits that you are normally a lot more comfortable in. A lot better for fighting, sprinting, general slaying, badassery. Yeah, of course. Something that's going to be much more effective if you were to go, I don't know, kick open the Dignified, uh, dignified Repository and see what you find. I'm, I'm sure we got drink here somewhere. I, I just don't know. I haven't been here in a, yeah, a little while. Uh, hmm. Try to find It's not something. a problem. You're not, you're not thirsty? You're not one of the afternoon drinkers? Uh, no, no, no. If you have uh, water, perhaps, but uh, nothing else for me. And of course, in your kitchen would be as stocked as it usually is. I mean, it's probably it's a far cry from the stalwart estate and his yeah. via, but you've got whatever the Talden equivalent of Top Ramen is, <laughs> fucking yeah. a bunch of cabinets, I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, it's not exactly, you know, raking it in, even though business is good, having to charge out there into the, the lowly area and take people down every now and then. But it's a... Uh, it's, it's a work in progress, is what she's trying to do. Of course. What do you think of the name, Dara? White Raven. What do you think? It is, uh, it is nice. I'm, I never put much thought into what I might name a bounty hunting uh, group. I didn't, so. I didn't name it. No, no. No, of course. I'm... My, I gotta tell you. My dad, he was a great man. I loved him, right? He's the greatest guy I ever knew. As, as she's sipping on her drink and stuff, just talking about it. It's in a much more simple wooden chairs. This is probably also closer to what Dara's more accustomed to than Noble Estates. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he, he just, he couldn't just make it about him, you know? He had to, he always, every, he always called me his little raven all the time. I mean, I hated that name. I, I really did. It bugged me. You, ever, you know, you got a nickname when you're growing up. And he just beat it in the ground, and then 
to name your shop the White Raven because you know my hair and all that. But it's just I, I'm I want to change it myself. I, I can't think of a title, let alone get the money to, to to find somebody to actually you know you know what it costs to change a deed on a building? It's ridiculous. Hmm. And it's possible that you've actually tried before. Uh, do you would you have tried? I don't know if she's would have tried yet, but she well maybe or at least maybe looked into how it was done. Yeah, looked into it. So what you would have done, uh, if you had attempted to change the name before, you would have held it up, head up to the Altar of Divine Innovation, the place up in West Park that uh, Nell just passed, and tried to apply to change the business name. And one of the clerk there would have redirected you as, uh, according to the six different forms you had to fill out, that you were inheriting, and the sole operator of this business, a specialized department that was the personal businesses wing which after a few days worth of searching through the city determined doesn't actually exist at that point you probably gave up <laughs> i'm not up to code <laughs> is that the fancy government way of saying we don't care that's the fancy government way of saying that trying to get anything done on a government level in Apara is a literal mess. <laughs> Has to be expected. Yeah, unless you got the money, right? Yeah, if you walked in there with like hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're like, oh wow, we'll do whatever you need. No, we won't have any problems. <laughs> so... Yeah, you can continue. I just interjected there. No, that's a bit that's of a cool. Pardon bureaucracy. I don't want to interrupt that... your RP though, because that was that was going fantastically. No, she he, she's just sharing a little bit because you know she's more comfortable with Dara nowadays since you know we're professional thieves and shit. Um, and since the two of you were basically entirely responsible for having to take down Amistos and his assassins. Yeah, pretty much. That was kind of just you two. And you were also, if I remember correctly, Thief Squad uh, trying to fulfill Martella's job. We stole the stuff perfectly. Yeah, even throughout with the rest of the party, with Nell and Baylor, you and Inori and Dara particularly have had several opportunities where you ended up just having to watch each other's backs and had nobody else to rely on but just the two of you. We are so far pretty great partners. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, we have similar backgrounds. We're both... It, he's military, but I mean, she has training. That's almost military, right? You know, it's both kind it's of ebony and ivory. You just go well together. Well, stop. <laughs> anyway, have you thought of uh, changing it? Do you have any names in mind? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't come up with many. Um, I was thinking of maybe changing it to the, the name of the sword, but now that the thing like spoke to me, at least I think it did. I, I just can't remember what he used to call it. Uh, I know Shadowbane was one of like the nickname, but it had a real name, like a person name. So where is your sword right now? Because I imagine you probably just don't sit around your own house with your sword slung on your hip. Oh, she probably set it on the, on the table as we're sitting there <laughs> It's on the table. You're just sitting there drinking. You got your black blade laying across the table and it's sheet. You're just pointing at it as you talk. I had a name yeah. something. Yeah, Dar <laughs> Dara uh, obviously doesn't live here, so he's not going to put his crossbow just on a hanger. So he's just sitting on his lap. Yeah, he's just holding Dignity's barb. 
Yeah. I mean, we're just sort of sitting there. I'm, I'm having a, a brew, and you're having a water. <laughs> we're just having a conversation. I mean, yeah. He's not trying to get drunk right now. It's really hard to shoot a crossbow when you're drunk. <laughs> so as, you, as you're sitting there, I would think these barb in your lap. As Anori talks about her own sword, you think about this crossbow that you found in the museum. And it's only been a short time that you've wielded the weapon, of course. Baylor detected some amount of magical... Baylor and Ori, like Baylor identified anything. And Ori had detected some <laughs> amount of magical aura on the crossbow itself, and it had told you just the basics of what it did. But you felt like there was more to it. You didn't have anything to base this feeling on. There was, It wasn't spectacularly outperforming uh, just your average, well-made, non-magical crossbow. So there's really nothing you could uh, you could solidly say or any real evidence. You could even tell yourself that there was something about it. But you felt almost like what Anori is saying kind of resonates with you here. That somehow you were almost connecting to this crossbow. And maybe it was just the trauma and the desperate fight to survive, which would probably underground. That would have been a lot worse than anything you'd actually face in the military because uh, it's your character. Like, did you even actually... There hasn't been a war in a while, so I mean, I doubt you actually saw combat. No, he uh, he trained in stuff. Um, never had any real combat, and any anything that was a situation where he did have to uh, like deal with anyone, it was just people. Like he's never had to deal with any sort of monster before, so this was definitely a, a dramatically more stressful and uh, tiresome event than anything he's ever been through in the military. And you just have a gut feeling that there's more to this crossbow. Like, there's just something almost hidden away inside Dickity's Barb. And you would swear you can feel it. Like, trying to come out. Or maybe not so much trying, but testing you as the holder. Like, maybe it's your fault that you can't activate this properly for whatever reason. But what Inori says about her sword speaking to her in this awakening... You almost feel like you can re relate with Dignity's Barb. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know if he says that. I'm no, I'm... I'm like... Yeah. Oh, okay. No, he's, he, he, he wouldn't know what to say yet, because he's also not entirely positive, <laughs> nor he's serious about his about her sword talking. So he's uh, he's still a little confused about it, and he knows... Yeah, nobody again. else hears it. It talks to her telepathically, yeah. so yeah, nobody's yeah, heard Yeah, of course, her. he has no you idea. Heard her, like, mid-combat, yell at her sword... Yeah, <laughs> it was so, after the fight. Oh no, because it was telepathically. So she, she also didn't yell and literally yell at her. But sword. yeah, well, no, the one time she did, she did, but she didn't realize that it worked. Yeah, she was confused and just. Speaking. The one time, like right after the doggy fight, when it first said something, you actually yelled at it, fighting the halflings. Yeah, and, uh, obviously there's the what happened after the doggy fight. She was literally on the ground, just completely with no idea what to do. So there's. You're positive that she believes there's something yeah, to Yeah, she, she really thinks it's talking. You but, believe uh, that she believes there's something talking to her. But yeah, he, he wouldn't know what to say yet, especially because, again, he knows virtually nothing about magic. And so uh, it, this could just be a feeling. It could be a magical sensation. He's not sure yet. So he's just going to pet the crossbow. Like, actually, he just he doesn't like pet it like fully like you would a cat, but he does rub like his thumb on the top of the lion's head. All of a sudden, she's just going to stop talking as you're petting your crossbow and, and like, she re realized something. <laughs> and she's going to just, like, end the conversation with you and just immediately go back into your room and start ripping through stuff again. 
Okay. Okay. And it's like maybe five minutes. And and she's digging through like old stuff, like maybe her dad's old belongings and, and things. She comes back out in the room and she says, I figured it out. I know yes. I, 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 he, I know he wrote it down. I knew it. I knew he wrote it down. So let me see here. She's opening up this little envelope. Kieran. Kieran the Shadow Bane. Man, hell of a name. That's yeah, that's what he called the sword. He said he's claimed his entire career that it was his partner. I mean, everybody thought he was nuts. I mean, they respected him so much, no one, you know, is going to say, hey, Mr. Dento, you're a fucking nut. <laughs> you know, and I love my dad. I'm not, I wasn't going to tell him, you know, but I, he came home every night and he was good to me. So I had no reason to, to question him until just the other day. I mean, I, this thing just spoke to me out of nowhere and uh, it makes you, makes you really reconsider your entire life. I mean, <laughs> If I would have just believed him. I mean, maybe things would have been different. You finally proved you were worth something. What? To talk... Now she's going to say out loud, You're going to talk to me again? What now? You feel almost... Like a sense of amusement coming out of sword. Like it, it thinks this is funny if it has its own feelings <laughs> that it can properly think. I hear again <laughs> in your head felt like a waste before. He believes you. Look at him. He doesn't understand magic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he does. Are you still saying this out loud? No, now now she's talking. To, I, I should preface that when I do that next time. But yeah, that's tel okay. telepathically. <laughs> He can, he can, if he chose to, he could speak normally. I'm pretty sure they know languages and stuff. I, but. Yeah, but I'm, I don't actually know that it can communicate other than telepathically. I don't think mm, that's a good it point. Can just talk because you, you get the ability to telepathically communicate with your sword. But would language apply telepathically? Because it talks about learning languages and such. I just have to point out, if it does get to speak, I pray that it, oh, it like gets a mouth. Like around the handguard, just a small no. mouth opens and it talks. <laughs> have no. you played Super Mario RPG, the fucking Super Nintendo game, like the big-ass sword that falls in the fucking Bowser's <laughs> castle and just opens its giant stupid mouth and talks at the handle? I've not, but that's terrifying, and that's exactly what I want. I want an actually like mouth speaking sword, no, if it does speak out loud. It doesn't need to do any of that. <laughs> yes, please. That'd be beautiful. I don't know about that. That's that's kind of up to you. You would lick your hand while you're Definitely using feels it. like that's a little bit more of an icebreaker now <laughs> that, you know, she's officially sure that this thing can communicate with her and it was kind of just fucking with her. <laughs> so now they're just. Uh, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> And he just replies, the, the sword, Kiaren, just replies with two words. Mylan Jareth. It's uh, telepathically again. 
What 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 is that? What is my Dara, she just kind of staring at her sword right now, and uh, yeah, probably kind of outburst. Absurd, but you're just sort of sitting there drinking your water. Yeah, I'm watching because she opened with "Now you want to speak to me," and then just started like hard eyeing the sword. <laughs> yeah, you're just like okay. <laughs> you're, just, you're literally the Kermit meme. Just yeah, I'm just standing like okay. okay. Just drinking. Let them have their the moment. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Karen replies again. Mylan Jareth. It's the name you wanted, isn't it? That's... Is, is that the man that killed my dad? It's a long story, but... I believe yes will suffice. It's gotta be more than just yes. I mean, it, 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 you were there. I mean, it has... If, if that's the man that did it, then that's the man that did it, right? <laughs> Nothing simple, girl. You'll learn this. Yeah, where can I find him? <laughs> it's not hard. It's the Commander-in-Chief's right hand. Commander-in-Chief, like? Like Maxilar Pytherius, yes. Wow. But by all means, if you want to die and leave me to someone more competent, feel free. Jareth would kill you with both his hands tied. Is that a fact? Easy one. Then help me. Oh, I would if I could, but look at me. I'm just a sword. No better than its wielder. And right now, not only are you not physically ready, you couldn't nearly understand enough to make that call for yourself. You're saying there was a lot more to it than just some random event. Nothing simple, girl. You proved to me you can handle the responsibility. And like you said, I was there. I can tell you what happened. I have to prove myself to you for your health, essentially. Oh, for my health, for yours. Look, don't act like I don't care about Dante's only daughter. I tell you how to get to Jareth right now. You rush Imperial Square swinging that blade and don't make it past one guard before you get in. I'm not going to tell you anymore until I know that you can handle it. I don't mean physically. I mean mentally. You're not ready to understand. I tell you what happened. You're going to make a snap decision and run out of the city. Oh, vengeance for my father. Like some kind of storybook here. Like something out of Zekin's tales. You're not ready. I understand. Is everything okay? She's just like... She's definitely, like, not sobbing, but you could see all teared up and shit. Yeah, she's pretty upset at this, I'd imagine. She just looks at you kind of blankly and just wipes them away, and, uh... We have to get going. We gotta get the, the stalwart estate, don't we? We're, we're, uh, we're wasting too much time here. All right. After you. 
And he'll get up and sling the bow, the crossbow on his back again. Definitely going to secure the place because I don't know when I'm going to be back. Lock it up tight. And being in the Crownsgate district, and not only that being a bounty hunter, bounty hunting establishment, you would probably be able to fairly securely, like actual bars on the windows, kind of lock up here <laughs> and make sure no one's going to break in. But also being here, you'd know that of the places to rob, this probably isn't the greatest. And it wouldn't be something you've had much of an issue with previously other than just random petty vandals who weren't targeting you specifically so much as they were just being assholes. So, you guys are going to head back out of the way, Raven? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're on our way. All right. Now, would you just go right back to your estate after that? I'd head off to that um, uptown club, basically. Where, um, you said his name earlier. Something, um, the pun about getting drunk. Yeah, I saw, I can only remember Sir Plaster. No, oh, Sir Plastian? <laughs> yeah. Was that his name? Yeah, I can that's actually how we got only there. remember Sir Plaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, I forgot his actual name. Uh, uh yeah, uh, Sir, Sir Plastian today was going to be going to the White Griffin. So I would just go there. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, if that's where he said he's going to be, I can assumedly find him there or someone who knows where he went. We're just going to get dressed, and Nell's actually the one bounty hunting right now. He's like, mm, where's my money? He's walking around town. Well, this is everyone's money. It's not just my money. No, I know. It's just funny. Uh, the White Griffin would be nearer the Lionsgate, uh, closer to the actual gate itself, as it is one of the first higher-end in and tavern-esque establishments you're going to pass as a traveler when you enter into Opara. That's so somewhere kind of over the, here. Uh, yeah, somewhere in that, that general central area. And I'm trying to find just a generic marker I can use to just mark these locations on the map so I don't have to keep making up where they are on the fly and probably moving them 64 times. So... I mean, you could just is, put little dots that have... This is like, a cool little thing. I like this cool. little thing. I'll use this neat little thing. It's going to be pretty close to the entrance. The entrance here. Does fucking Pathfinder spell Griffin I-F-F-O-N or Y-P-H-O-N? Which one's Pathfinder Griffin? What a question. I had no I idea that there was a different name. Theory. It's I-F-F. Well, because there's a, there's two ways to spell Griffin, fantasy-wise. There's Griffin, like that, and there's Griffin, like that. I like that. Yeah, but Pathfinder. Fuck Pathfinder. Go with Pathfinder that. goes that way. So we'll go with the of White Griffin. Of course they do. Because that's the, that's the way they use. So Nell would be heading up to the White Griffin. And he'd probably get there before you guys had even left the... Everything's the White. I had this named before you named it. the White. <laughs> Everything's just the White Animal in a par, apparently. Because the White uh -huh. Griffin was named long before you decided on the White Raven for your bounty hunter. <laughs> that was like 10 minutes. It's, just, it's a good go-to... Fantasy of the white insert animal. Actually, even further back. Look at her hair was white since fucking before we started. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Unrelated to the white raven, the white griffin is the place that you're going. And uh, before you get there, let's go ahead and take our mid session break here, real quick. Uh, it's like, I'll mess, stand up, yes. go to the bathroom, get some easy cheese or whatever it is. So, now that we are all back and ready to continue here. 
Uh, party, where party that is not Mel, Inori, and Dara. Are you, where are so, you guys headed now? What's the next objective? Um, going back to the estate was for way later, so uh, we haven't heard anything else from Nell because we can't talk to him. So I'm just going to go back to my house. Uh, Inori can either stay at her place or uh, just go back to the Stalwart estate and hang out. Oh, it's, but, the, I mean, it's the least I could do to protect you. I mean, I don't uh, want you walking around alone in these parts, you know? Oh, shucks. <laughs> Whatever will I do? Logs without anybody listening. Oh, I mean, it's already too late. <laughs> All right, here's Inori. And here's Dara. So you guys have got an actual talk of there. You can move about Apara as you will. And, uh, I mean, you're, you're back home. So there's plenty of places that you could go if you just wanted to relax for the day. Oh, In yeah. addition to the quite numerous inns and taverns of all kinds of varying quality around the town, whatever it is that you're particularly into. Uh, there's a lot of other places as well, a lot of various places for entertainment. Uh, Opara, and not in something that I made up, like actually written, it doesn't seem like it would, but this down here, that's an arena down at the southeastern end. There is actually just an arena that hosts all kinds of events. Uh, gladiator battles, uh, people fighting animals, uh, chariot and carriage races, regular horse races, uh, just regular kind of Olympic-style events, all sorts of things. And admission is one individual copper piece. If anybody wanted to go hang out and just watch some sportsing, there is a regular arena. If you're looking for something a bit higher up, there are several very well-known bardic colleges in Apara, uh, which do put on their own performances, the two most famous of which would be the Kitharodian Academy, which is really just gigantic and is one of the big tourist staples of Apara. And their performances are pretty regularly attended by Grand Prince David himself. And there is the Rhapsodic College, which is much, much smaller and down near the island of Granbridge, uh, but makes up for its size with just the quality of its students. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do in the city. So you don't necessarily have to do anything that's like character impacting or super important. You could just go relax for the rest of for the better part of an afternoon. Uh, yeah, but Dara well, has to head home. Do... do what? He has to head home. He is, uh, yeah. His clothes are still torn up. He's the only one that isn't uh, cleaned up anymore. So Dara is going to limp his way back through the city and uh, back over to his own house. What about you, Inori, before I get into Nell and the White Griffin here? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with him. You can go back to his house? Yeah, we'll stay together. Why not? Eh, fair enough. You're, you're buddies now. This is partner team. So Inori will tag along with you as you head back across the majority of Apara, back into the wealthier district and past the Senate Hall, up onto World Breaker Hill. Nell would make his way to the White Griffin. Now, the White Griffin, I would imagine you've probably never been in. Because it is exactly the opposite of what you're after. Yeah, this is like, it you is technically a tavern, I think, because I don't know of a word for hoity-toity tavern. I think that's still legally a tavern. But you Gentleman's walk in, and it's, 
gentlemen's club. That has implications that I don't think apply here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you would walk in, and it would be a very upscale. Uh, it's almost like walk, walking into like a proper restaurant or something. Uh, most people that are in here are going to be dressed in at least your standard nobleman's finery. And there's, of course, still a bar that takes, uh, it's a huge semicircular bar that takes up the vast majority of just the grand entry hall of this area. It almost looks like a stadium, like a performance hall, just in sheer size with this bar just stretching all the way down and dozens of bartenders behind it, attending to various nobles and uh, well-off travelers alike. Uh, You could get pretty much anything here if you're willing to pay about twice as much as you would anywhere else. It's, Love it. it's a pricey place. And that's one of the main reasons he would avoid places like this. Yeah, because you want to see what is the minimum amount of money you can use to become drunk. Exactly. This is the opposite of that. What is the maximum amount of money you can spend and still only be kind of buzzed? That's... Watered down bullshit is what this is. That's white, Griffin. So you head in, but you're not looking for drinks. You're just looking around for... Sir Plastian. And Sir Plastard would be still here, <laughs> definitely. Uh, what is now probably an hour later uh, and not difficult to locate somewhere up along the main bar itself. So I'll spend a minute, find him, walk over to him, and uh, just get his attention. I'd imagine it wouldn't be hard, seeing as he just spent the day listening to me come back and forth telling him we might be dead we're not no, dead. it wouldn't and you would show up and now much more uh, well off better dressed and did you bring the magical shield breastplate and hand axe with you you still have all them and you're also carrying the sword and the shield that you got from uh yeah those are strapped to my back yeah and so you just have yeah, you just have, like, you just covered in weapons and shields right now. <laughs> so you have two. You have a sword, a hand axe, and two heavy steel shields. So, and your uh, your breastplate, of course, the magical one that you found the second army of exploration. So yeah. you still have a, uh, you're a walking small armory right now. You walk up and Plastian turns around and sees how you're doing. And uh, just raises his uh, fairly ornate glass. He says, Sir Stalwart, in the flesh, you... Come to join me to drink, I assume. Uh, and he turns around and uh, just raps on the table real quick. He goes to the bartender's attention and uh, starts ordering something that you're not even positive you understand. I'll raise my hand in the middle of his ordering and say, I will take you up on that drink, but not at the immediate moment. I've come for the payment that was promised to me and my friends. They're checking on their establishments. I'm taking care of business. And he 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 turns and kind of shrugs a bit. And then just makes like a just a kind of spinning gesture with his hand. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course, of course. You'll you'll see yourself and your friends paid. I haven't been back to my own estate as of yet. I have been here, but after the last 24 hours, you can't stop for a single drink. This is unfortunately not my kind of place to get drunk. But is it That's your kind of said. place to get drunk for free? 
You know what? I'll let him order that drink. Uh -huh. He just has this like a slowly growing grin. I'll I'll let him order the drink. Joke's on you. He already ordered the drink. Yeah, but how would I check to see how good it is? Uh, I would say appraise. You could appraise a drink. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. If you already know it, then your appraise would definitely work on that. If you know alcohol, rather. Yeah, I mean, he's used to alcohol. Would this be at least serviceable for him? He's, uh, he's used to just get? 16. Uh, the 16? Yeah, I'd say you can identify whatever's brought out above you, or brought out before you, isn't terribly strong, but he's not bringing you, like, apple-flavored water, like, slightly alcoholic LaCroix. He's, he's got <laughs> you something a little bit heavier and, and you pick it up and it comes and uh, the glass itself is almost frosted and uh, as you grab it it's because the drink itself is almost frozen uh, even through the alcoholic content as it serves but it's still crystal clear and just a very very pale blue and it's it's alcohol it's definitely pretty alcohol okay. it's you take a taste of it, and it, and it it's almost difficult in the first couple sips to get any actual taste out of it. But he informs you this here is not what they call the sip and whiskey. This is something you just you just go at all like a beer, and you start drinking it. Uh, drinking it, and it almost has like a weird how to describe it. It almost has like a sort of oddly like an alcoholic onion almost it's a really really peculiar taste for an alcohol especially uh, combined with the fact that it's nearly frozen but somehow it's it's good you can tell it's it just you can taste the actual quality in this beverage here it's just very different from anything you would usually can uh, usually consume non-standard alcoholic beverage but still a good alcoholic beverage of course that's why they come that's why you come to the white griffin it's the, it's it's fantastic everything they have here is truly out of the ordinary of course the plebeians here can come about and take their own bog standard meads but you're not really living unless you're trying the whole slew of what the white griffin has to offer so what do, you, what do you got going for the rest of the afternoon, Sir Stalwart? I believe I at least owe you a few more. How long would you say the rest of the afternoon is? Because I know I said we would meet back up uh, towards evening. So Yeah, and you you got out like around like noonish. You'd, you'd probably have a few hours <laughs> if you wanted to stay here. I'm getting drunk. Who's getting drunk? Blustered! Nell's getting drunk. So uh, Nell's going to hang out and... Sir Plasti would at least get you a few other drinks as you're waiting around uh, and getting increasingly more drunk because he's kind of read your speed. And again, he's going to get you things that are strange and peculiar and they don't taste hardly like anything else you've had. You, you, you're having an actual whiskey that looks and tastes, uh, even with almost a thickness, like it's just pure chocolate. You're getting all kinds of weird nonsense some of them are a little hit or miss for the most part fantastic and very alcoholic so meanwhile 
while you're drinking for the next <laughs> however many hours, Dara and Inori arrive back at Dara's house. And what's your home look like? Worldbreaker Hill isn't necessarily covered in massive mansions, and this may no, be no. anywhere of the scale from Crown's Gate to West Park up to the north. Where do you live, Dara? Um, he has a nice, like, little house. It's, uh, it's actually just, like, a, pretty much a one-person house. There's just the living room, which is also the kitchen, and then a bedroom and a bathroom. It's, uh, nothing fantastic. Uh, it looks like no one really, like, lives in it that often, because he doesn't spend a whole lot of his time there. Like, he doesn't just sit around in his own house. That'd be weird. Uh, the only thing that seems, like, out of the ordinary is there is one, like, uh, shelf thing that uh it's like a cabinet it's just a very large cabinet and uh, in the back that is like made out of really nice wood and it has like metal like gold engravings on it outside of that it just has uh the regular amenities any house would and uh, he kept it locked when he uh came up like it was already locked he doesn't keep his house unlocked at all because uh he just doesn't trust anyone he never naturally (laughs) trusts people soldiers instincts trust nobody and uh he'll let anori in and uh first like he'll open the door and let her in and then go like as he goes in he'll uh make sure everything's fine like no one's touched anything it was clearly still locked out hopefully and uh everything's good um he'll make his way to what i was gonna say of course on this side of town obviously mainly when you pass the western side of the central canal and over towards imperial square senate hill this whole side of the city is where it kind of dies down. There's much less people milling around, and even now, much less than usual. It kind of has that somber, almost uncomfortable quiet just over the city. But your house appears to be perfectly fine. Like it's not, it's not looters running about the place. It's just everyone's kind of keeping to themselves in the wake of the events at the Senate. And uh, he'll wave a hand, letting you like just get comfortable wherever and uh go to the cabinet he'll open that up and it's actually a uh shrine essentially not with like incense or anything weird but uh there's a picture of him uh his mother and father and then uh just some like where he kept any of his accolades that he got while in the military and stuff like that and then the dead center he takes off the sword from his back and sets it back where it belongs because he only took it with him because it was ceremonial when he originally went to the what he, what he thought was just going to be a regular, like, ceremony. Well, it was for the first 98% uh, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why he brought the sword. Because um, he, he can't use it at all. It's uh, so it's actually a... Kopesh, right, that you wield? Yeah, yeah, it's you a... Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it's all... make, of course. Yep, and it's pretty and nice. It's not enchanted or anything, but it's just, like, a really nice decorative sword that uh, originally belonged to his father when he was in the Assyrian military. And then, uh, so yeah, he just keeps that in the center, all, uh, you know, nice and kept. And then, uh, he'll just close it back up and lock it. She was definitely, like, peering over your so- shoulder while you're And this, this cabinet there. is one you can't see through, right? It's not like a glass front or thing. it's just No, closed. no, yeah, it's all wood on the front okay. with, like, metal engravings and whatnot. Well, you, yeah, you said you had, like, the accolades and everything in there, so I was like, is this a display case or just, like, nope. whatever? So, no, it's just all sealed away, unless it's open. Now, not and, one to display his military or any accomplishments really <laughs> he, he doesn't man, Dara Rostam. yep uh and then he'll just turn around seeing uh Inori there and he'll smile uh not obviously going into saying anything and he'll uh go to his room to change and get everything ready 
And uh, are there and pictures like around anywhere? Is it just this this super plain Jane house? Yeah, it's it's except for the, the shrine. Yeah, because he uh, he doesn't invite anyone over. Like he doesn't. Uh, if he was to go anywhere, Dara would go out with people and hang out. But uh, he doesn't bring people home, so uh, there's not stuff for people to gawk at around his house because there's he didn't expect anyone to almost ever be in there. And uh, but he just keeps it neat and orderly. So but, that's uh, almost exceptionally plain. Yeah, exactly. I like well, on purpose because he, he doesn't. Way more plain than whatever. Yeah, than anyone else's because uh, yeah, he's not. He doesn't aim to have anyone in there and then uh he also doesn't spend much time in there he would just be around town doing like just odd things here and there just to uh take up his time whenever he's not doing something for work um so before i'm just gonna interrupt you briefly yeah. would you guys rather that you had the different districts of apara displayed on the map or would you that. rather i keep them hidden uh this is fine this is I like them the that's I need, I yeah, like so, so you can easily say where you are and where you plan on going instead of saying I'm going right direction. I'll reveal them all because even if you haven't been there this exact moment, you're all pretty familiar with Opara, so you would be familiar with all the just yeah. general. So, yeah, this is of the yeah, that's that's neat. Yeah, that's okay, perfect. I'll go, we can I'll go ahead and see where we're going. Then. I've been able to see them all. Just like this, this actually course. seems like it'd probably be fine for you guys to see because it's not like somebody is a genius there. with their names. Eastport and Westport. It's real hard. Oh, oh boy, no, they got it. Anyway, go ahead and continue, Joe. Um, and as he saw what you were doing uh, at the other place before he goes to his uh, room to change or anything, he'll just set out uh, a somewhat used bottle of alcohol and with a chuckle, he'll just somewhat go to change. Used. Somewhat used. Yeah, it's oh, not no, full, we, we but it's not empty. That. What, what uh, alcohol? What are you giving her? Is this just like a fucking mug of beer? Is this a whiskey? What we got? Well, she seemed to use like uh like way heavier than just uh, a beer. So like it's just like regular run of the mill whiskey. It's nothing like crazy. Like one shot's not going to destroy somebody. But uh, what Dara has for his own personal occasions. Yeah, if he ever drinks by himself, or if he uh for any reason had someone over, like he would he would still have something there because uh he did have friends in the military, and it's not that he never had one anyone at his house. It's just that he wasn't commonly having them over at his house. Yeah, fair enough. So okay. you just leave that there just in case you wanted any, and so then we'll not, just go to change. It's not really set up to entertain guests, but you're not no. like completely devoid of amenities. You have some amount of, I don't know if it's a separate liquor cabinet, but you have at least something. Yeah, yeah it would have just been from the kitchen, because uh, that's the other half of the living room. Fair enough. So, just one, yeah, it's it almost like a studio with a bedroom attached to it, kind of. Yeah. And okay. the, yeah, so you just leave that out and go change. Pick it up and like smell it, and uh, and and just say to him as he's in the other room like do you hide the good stuff in the shrine uh yeah. no i don't uh keep anything like that in there if you do truly want the good stuff it's uh top shelf of the cabinet it has the uh purple and gold all over it okay i'm gonna walk over to the good stuff and this uh the curiosity yeah she's gonna go investigate the good stuff and uh so are those your uh, your parents? Hmm, that it was. Why don't you have um all these all the pictures and all these accolades that you've attained over all this time? Why wouldn't you display that proudly in your home? You have them locked away. Uh I'm somewhat private. I uh I don't usually 
have too many people over. And uh, even if I were, I'm not one to uh, brag and point to look at uh, who I've, you know, what I have killed and look what I have done. So as you uh, investigate this, the good stuff here on the top, uh, it's mm -hmm. not difficult to locate the purple and gold thing he's talking about. The label simply says Cascade Purple, uh, referring to the deep purple glass of the entire bottle. Uh, with just a kind of a simple gold filigree on the label, but there's nothing else on the label at all. Not even what kind of an alcohol it is. Wow. Look at that. I don't see any glasses anywhere. <laughs> um, a bottle, I guess. I don't advise that. Uh, there should be a glass around here somewhere. Uh, the worst case scenario for that one in particular, you might just want to use the cap. Oh. So as you uh, as you open it up and just kind of smell whatever this is now, the smell is immediately terribly off-putting. You don't know if this is just exceptionally strong or just like exceptionally old or what exactly this Cascade Purple is, but it, it smells like a dry crypt that's been abandoned oh, for centuries. Oh, shit! <laughs> Okay, so she's definitely gonna rent Ratchet the smell of that. Oh, God! Ugh. I've had some nasty stuff in my day, but that's that's that smells like the inside of a crypt. Oh, well, it is not from around here. I'm uh, most people from around here couldn't handle it anyway. I'm not surprised. Is this a challenge? I'm, that's up to her. He's not. No, he's just saying. He's just saying. <laughs> He isn't challenging anyone, but uh, he'll uh, he'll finish up getting dressed and come back out. Uh, the crossbow just like sitting in his hand. He's like holding it from the uh, top where you'd put your foot in, because he's not like uh, he hasn't gotten ready to sling it or anything. Yeah, you're not really sure what to do with it, really, because I mean you've had your military issue, and of course that you probably still have around your house somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't imagine that crossbow is a fairly large object, and you probably don't have a second place to put a crossbow. Actually, fun fact, it's gone. How oh, is it? Yeah, because uh, I brought it with me. They took it oh, from me. Oh, right. And they I never got it back. Away. Yeah. So you have a perfectly good crossbow hanging spot. Yeah, I actually <laughs> have a spot for that. But uh, he doesn't, you know, expect to spend too much time here. So it's still in hand as uh, he's just letting Inori, you know, check out the stuff before uh, he's probably going to get ready to leave. And around Taldor, it's not uncommon or in any way even strange to walk around with a weapon uh just like no walks around with the even with an axe and a sword and two shields and a breastplate right now it's not out of the ordinary like walking around at full plate people kind of look at you funny but anything yeah. armor wise that would have passed at the gala is perfectly fine and even slightly heavier is generally okay i mean no one's gonna wear full plate around because that's ridiculously uncomfortable to march yeah. around on a full plate all the time but it's as ordinary as not to bear a crossbow or a long sword or even something heavier like a, a a great axe or something around just to have. It's almost a symbol of status as much as it is an actual weapon. To be able yeah. to have your own personal weapon uh, that you can just take into town just as a part of your being, as a part of your outfit, basically. In fact, many nobles would have dozens of various swords and blades just to match their different outfits. Like women would do with the purses, they do with swords here in Apara. <laughs> nice. 
But uh, yeah, so and then I will also refill my crossbow bolts while I'm here because I was assuming that I definitely just have some laying around. I only yeah. had uh, about 13 left. So I'll, yeah, talk, I'll just take it back up to 30 because I'm just going to carry a bundle of 30. I don't feel like I'm going to be away for too long to ever need more than that. Like, do you drink <laughs> this or do you you feed it to the animals? Like, what is this? He'll, uh, <laughs> he'll just laugh wholeheartedly, uh, grab it, and take a shot of it from the cap and then just and not wince from it and just cap it back and set it down. And then just uh, go back to where he was standing in the uh, living room area before he sits down. Okay. So when you take a shot of this and just no sell it, her eyes narrow because now she's got to do it too. <laughs> got to do the exact I mean, same thing you did because she has to do whatever she wants, man. Oh, uh, goddamn. All right. I got to take a shot of this stuff too and try to no sell it, even though it smells like. So you try Death. and take it. You know what? I'm going to make you take a fortitude save to no-sell it. Because I feel like right. that's the most appropriate role you would do to no-sell this. So right. just make me... We're going to say a DC 12 fortitude save to be able to just keep a completely straight face while you drink this. Hell yeah! Solid. Easy. What'd you get? I got a 22. Habits. We're building them. You got yes. a 22... So you, you, you take a shot of this thing back. In regards to the taste, you just, you hold it. You make a, you don't flinch. You don't have any real reaction whatsoever. But he was not kidding when he said this was uh, not from here. This is a very, very different kind of alcohol here. And it Ooh. tastes almost, I mean, sour, which isn't horribly out of the ordinary for some alcohols, but it's like a sour cheese. <laughs> like, it. It tastes like something that's gone bad. <laughs> to you, it was and, and you're told in tastes, that's about as, as well as you can relate it. It's very different. And she's going to look at him after she slams it down and it's going to nod. Yeah, that's pretty good, but he can definitely tell that she's bullshit. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> obvious. Even though she knows self. You a 22 with a fortitude save. You can have it not be obvious. You can just take okay, it with that, That's fine, yeah. It's I gave you a DC and you, you nailed it. You right. just, yep, yep. That's something. Just put it down like it's nothing. And uh, he'll just clap. That's honestly truly impressive. Most people the, that I've had around here take shots while I was in the military always uh, yacked and nearly threw up drinking it. Good job. And he'll uh, he'll just go to put it back. In front of you before either. I have not. I am impressed. She's gonna curtsy to that. Kind of like ironically though, not like legit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he'll uh, he'll put that back, and then uh, he'll hold out the other one to see if you're interested to keep it out. If not, he's gonna put that one back as well. Yeah, I think I'm good for the day. Hmm. Understandably, we should go, like you said. Oh, you're all put together now. We should, uh... <sighs> suppose look for uh, Stalwart uh, Nell, I believe. So I gotta ask, you know, that was there ever a Missa, Mrs. Rostam around here? Maybe little kids running around somewhere? <laughs> Not for me. I, uh... I took a lot of time uh, with what I did, and I really enjoyed it. I, um... I didn't have much time for uh, pleasantries like that, so I, I mostly just kept to my work. 
I never really thought of having kids. It uh, doesn't seem like a good option for the uh, kind of lifestyle I planned on having. You know, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, Doro. Most military guys I've met in my day, there's like a motto I, I, I sort of follow. Um, military guys, they do two things: they eat shit and bother people, and then that's about it. That's about all they do. Uh, but you're one of the nicer ones I've met. I gotta be honest. So uh, take that for whatever the hell you want. Take it for. Hmm. Well, thank you. It uh, it means a lot. Uh, it's unfortunate that I have seen uh, a lot of them be terrible to people when they think that they uh, they're somehow higher. But all the same, thanks. I completely botched that line, by the way. That's okay. You tried. I was trying to say it's for the chat that it, uh, military guys are a lot like flies. They always eat shit and bother people. That's you, you almost got there. You just forgot the whole thing yeah, you were I, trying to relate. I just to forgot the whole line. You, you while just I'm forgot trying to... the entire joke. It's the only thing. I mean, otherwise, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. You, man, try. <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty good considering. No, you do. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then Dar will go to the door and open it, slinging the crossbow on his back, and uh, like not like usher her out, but just motion to the door. As he's gonna lock it behind him. Okay, we we on our way. So you guys have had the time to walk back and forth across the paro twice, so it probably would have been the better part of the afternoon. Uh, that would still leave you time if you wanted to do anything else on the paro. You certainly could. If you wanted to head back to Stalwart Estate, it would also not be beyond what is evening. Yeah, as the sun starts to. What what's the like, are these hills out here? What's the yeah. general terrain like? Uh, the area around Apara, it's a coast. So it's mostly flat. Uh, there are some small rolls, and, like, it's almost kind of weirdly marshy outside. Just because, again, it's the border of the massive bay. It's the inner sea of the inner sea regions. So there's there's nothing major as far as hills or anything rolling outside Apara. Okay, so sundown is sundown. It's not, like, in... Yeah. Where I live, where the hills will lie to you. Nah, sundown's gonna be sundown. Okay, so as it approaches sundown, I will uh, stumble out of what's this place called again? The White, oh, Griffin. White Griffin. I had to zoom in to see it because it's under my text. Uh, yeah, it's fine, Lionsgate too. Yeah, so I'll go on ahead and stumble out of the White Griffin. Assumedly, have talked to him about everything I needed to, and then just had fun. Yeah, as you walk out, you would hear a massive, just lion's roar from Lionsgate, which would sound concerning to a person playing Pathfinder, but to a person that lives in a para, that's perfectly normal. There's there's nothing out of the ordinary there at all, uh, because the Lionsgate is called the Lionsgate for a very interesting reason, actually. The top of the main gate has two massive 50 foot tall animated marble lions that perch on either of the uh, big main turrets here by the entrance and I mean they are animated other than the fact that they don't need to eat or have any biological necessities they do lion things most of the time they just kind of sit there in their pose sometimes they lay down or roll around and sometimes they just roar uh, one of them has a big penchant for roaring uh, near sundown, which a lot of people in the general, like, northern Lionsgate area just take as a 
as a call for exactly what you're doing. It's probably time to stop drinking. Yeah. So, perfect timing. I've come out right as the lion roars. I will use that as my cue to head back home. So, uh, Nori and Dara, are you heading back to the stalwart estate as well, or is there anything else you wanted to do? Um, no, yeah, Dara's not uh, looking to do anything else, because he doesn't remember that uh, there we do have some vague you know, time limit as we were trying to go deal with uh, Yeah, as you probably do, obviously, you need to worry about Martella. Martella. So, there you go. The yeah. three of you, I thought I had a picture of the lion skate in here somewhere. Is it in here? It's, aha! Here it is. I knew I had it. There's the lion skate. That would be terrifying. I knew I had a good picture of it. Yeah, it's uh, two giant 50-foot-tall animated marble lions. So, yeah, it is oh. actually... Oh, thank you. Actually probably <laughs> terrifying. Uh, in an area with as much wealth floating around as Opara... We have in many places crossed the line of sure we can, but should we? <laughs> and ended up exactly. with things like the Lionscape that is just beyond unnecessary, but is a huge tourist attraction. Like the Eiffel Tower would be. Like people come from all around, and anyone that comes visiting is going to come through the Lionscape. Just because obviously that's a huge scenic deal there. It's really cool. It's just kind of why is all. But you all head back to the Stalwart Estate, and you what all was uh, kind of run, run into each other on your way back up. You all end up getting back there around the same time with him going to drink at the White Griffin with Sir Plastian and you two walking back and forth across the park a few times. You get back there around the same time, and as you arrive. Uh, none of the servants are obtained the gardens or anything, so you get up into a, the, the front door, into the entryway before you run into anybody. And as you open the door, you are immediately met with a fairly familiar face. Inside the entryway, seated on one of your several just very probably overstuffed couches around that general area, is... Why did that? Uh, why did that move the party icon and not do what I wanted it to do? Well, Tony, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't be like this. Marcus the shop. Yeah. Oh. I was waiting right inside. And uh, as you come in, a door opens. One of the servants pops around the corner. Probably the one that would have brought you the food. And uh, he sees the group of you and Marcus the shop, and he bows and says, uh, "What's the?" Not sir, there's a it'd be master because you're not the head of the household. So be a, he'd call you master, Stalwart. The other guy is like he treats you like he's his own kid, doesn't give a shit. This this the dude that's more up on his actual manners. Uh, master Stalwart, you've a visitor. And kind of mm, just who might that be? Marques the shop. And uh she does a brief curtsy and looks over the four of you and then turns to Inori. And says, good. I wasn't sure if you'd all stick together after the event, after, well, everything that happened. Yeah, it's a bit of hard going of things. Uh, how did you get out? 
Pathfinders. I had several of the agents around the area, and they were able to extricate myself and most of the senators. I don't know if you've seen the area recently, but it wasn't as bad as it may appear. Most of us got out okay. Well, that's a relief. You're the first person to say so. Probably the first you've talked to who was there, I'd imagine. Yes. I don't believe uh, the rest of you we've met. I'm Marques de Champ. I spoke briefly with with Inori at the gala, and I understand that all four of you actually were working with Lady Martella. Yeah, indeed we were. Do you know where she is? That might be tricky. So I'd feared. I didn't know what happened with a lot of you, but as far as I could tell, both her and all four of her hired agents had disappeared off the face of Galarian after that massacre. A few of my agents spotted you around town today and saw that you had reconvened here earlier, so I decided it best to try to meet you here. I hoped you'd known something, maybe that you'd been together wherever it was you were. They noted that you looked... She seems to think for a second. Worn. That's a very nice way of putting it, yeah. I'm gonna hand her the letter while we talk. The one that we got from the halflings. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you're gonna hand her the, the better silence one? Yeah, just let her so read so over it while we're having conversation. As you guys are talking. We were definitely worse for wear, but uh, at the end of things... That was our reward. It's not much, but it gives us a direction. And she's still just uh, looking through it. And doesn't reply immediately. But as she finishes reading it, she folds it back up and holds it back out for you and says, Well, you've Lady Marilla to thank for this meeting. I no longer have much affiliation with the Pathfinder Society and far from any amount of sway to command agents, but she still controls most of the lodge below the adventure captain Rosello himself. It was thanks to her that I was able to find four of you at all. This does sound concerning. You know of this dignified repository. Did we? No, I don't think so. Uh, does anyone have knowledge local? Yeah. Do a thing. And that is a 22. Uh, 22, yeah, you'll have heard of it. Uh, the Dignified Repository is a very large uh, glorified warehouse that is a, on the coast of the canal in the Crownsgate district. Actually only just barely any real distance from the White Raven. It's right around there. Now, the 22, I'd also say that you know that it's owned by the Daristov family, but that's not a major noble line, and you don't know anything about them. They're just businessmen. Yeah. I mean, okay. if you can assume safely, I, you literally know nothing about them. You've never you've never heard of them. Well, other if they're than not a noble family. You, you know about the, the Dignified Repository's business. Yeah. If they're not a noble I mean, they might family, be a minor they own noble property. Family. There's like a hundred of them, and there's, ton, there's so many minor Fair. nobles, you probably don't even know all the ones in Apara, much less Taldor. That is a very good point. 
So I will relay that information to everyone, letting them know that it's actually... Do I know where the right white raven is? I would assume no. You wouldn't actually know where the white raven is, but... He would I could know say it's just down from the is. bridge. Yeah, you could say it's on the canal in Crownsgate. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just... I'll let them know where it is, and that our plan is after resting up tonight and tending to ourselves in the morning, we will need to go take a look at that. And the Marquess nods. Priority. Uh, the Marquess nods. This is surprising. You're well learned. Your father's a businessman. I'm not terribly surprised, but impressive nonetheless. Unfortunately, incorrect what it means the cover's done its place. The Daristov family does not exist. The Dignified Repository serves as a simple front. I'm sure Martella would have informed you that that's actually the location of her safe house. Makes sense why she would be there. So it's not a hostage situation then? Well, I, if she's there, I wouldn't think so, but... Based on this note, it would sound to me like she no longer has control of the building. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to recon the place before we do anything. One of the easiest ways to hold a hostage is to keep them inside their own estate. It doesn't raise any questions, doesn't raise any eyebrows, and nothing seems to be out of the ordinary. The Brotherhood of Silence is a fairly powerful group, and if they have the means and the arms to take over the Dignified Repository, that would by far be the easiest way to take Martella. The question is why. I see in this note it very specifically mentions not only her, but the four of you. We're not sure why, honestly. They... If I'm remembering correctly, they tried to take us alive, but they weren't against killing some of us. The note said something about nobles as well. Interesting, but not terribly surprising based on this message. Martella plays the game well. I don't know much about her means, methods, or even her goals, truly. She keeps her secrets close to the chest, and even with my web of influence, I don't know much of what she's after. But she seems to have gotten the attention of a very powerful and very ruthless group. How much do you know of the Brotherhood? That note. And the rest of you? Uh, Kimmy, Dat, Aparn Underground. I was just going to say, maybe I should roll <laughs> to say how much I know about him. Because yeah, that's definitely something I would have no clue about whatsoever. That is a 25. That's a pretty spicy roll you got there, buddy. Uh, so you would not know a ton about the Brotherhood of Silence, but they're definitely a group that you probably would have clashed with a bit before. It is, on the surface, a Thieves' Guild, uh, much in the vein of, like, an Elder Scrolls Thieves' Guild. It is a ring of bandits, uh, burglars, and pickpockets and the like that have all not only agreed to kind of divide up and stay off each other's territory as it would be, but also to kind of work together as a greater goal. Realizing they could pull off much greater heists with their combined resources, they banded together. That was the origin. They have very much 
evolved since then to be a lot more aggressive. And what started as an obnoxious but not terribly threatening group has quickly become suspected in a wide variety of assorted disappearances and even outright murders. Nothing's ever necessarily been tied back to the Brotherhood of Silence, but especially with what you know, you're pretty positive that most of what's been stuck to them is accurate. They're led by somebody named the Mask Marquis that you know absolutely nothing about beyond the name. In fact, you're not even positive the Masked Marquis is a single person rather than just a mantle that a ruling group inside the Brotherhood of Silence dons. Wow. All right, we'll just assume that Anori said all that, and so everybody knows it. And they're definitely not all halflings, but vast majority, if not literally all of the halflings in Opara are on the poor end, so they're going to be disproportionately represented in crime syndicates like this, just because they're pretty much all living in the narrows or the poorer sides of Crownsgate. So you would explain all of that, and Deschamps would nod and uh, towards look towards Anori and say, well, I can see why Martella hired the group of you. The four of you seem to work well together, and beyond that, you're skilled and knowledgeable. This is fortunate. I don't have access to a lot of resources to stake out in a rescue mission for someone with no actual tie to the Pathfinder Society itself. Like I said, Lady Marilla has helped out how she can. Martella, her ends notwithstanding, is a personal friend of mine, and I would see her safe for my own reasons. But unfortunately, I don't believe I'll be able to pull on very much support. Well, support or not, it's something we're going to have to address immediately. I'm not opposed to us handling it on our own. Uh, is there anyone you know that we might go to for help in this situation? Well, I didn't say no support. I just said little. There's two agents that I believe I can get to come assist you. It's going to have to be somewhat under the table, so it's going to be far from directly assaulting the repository itself. But they can help scout the place, figure out what the Brotherhood of Silence has set up, and perhaps even pull away some of its defenses. They're well-trained. I'd brought them to a par in anticipation of something happening as a result of this vote, but I never expected what actually took place. Have you heard some of the the rumblings around on, on all the different theories as to what actually happened? Are you, are, what do you think? I have, about? and let me make it clear, the Pathfinder Society had nothing to do with this. I don't know where these rumors originated, but I don't believe it's obviously to be the work of Kadirian terrorists either. I was there as well, of course. I saw what Stavian did. That said, the word of a few 
shaken and traumatized senators isn't going to be enough to convince the White Hall. The official report is still looking into this Kadiran insurgency. I do have to wonder where Stavian found all of his muscle. There weren't guards nor soldiers, as far as I can tell. They had to have come from somewhere. Mercenaries, perhaps? That'd be the assumption. Perhaps, perhaps he brought in heavy force from the uh, the group we're dealing with now. It seems unlikely the Brotherhood of Silence would have enough well, force to muster for an operation like this. And even not the Brotherhood that, themselves, but maybe through the Brotherhood. Hmm. Speculation. Perhaps. But I think the Brotherhood may be more taking advantage of a situation rather than pulling the strings directly. Uh, they're a powerful and somewhat influential group, don't get me wrong, but something like that massacre at the Senate is far beyond their means. And far outside their M.O. Unless they had something truly impressive to gain, they wouldn't risk exposing themselves in an attack on the Senate itself. So, do any of you have any sort of a plan? I don't know what your various skill sets are, but according to Stalwart here, you do seem like you're at least somewhat committed to rescuing Martella. I don't know your connection to her, nor your abilities, but of course, I will render whatever aid I can, including Mauricio and Valorous. Well, the connection to Martella is no more than that of an employer and an employee. It's more so that they attacked me, so I want to ruin whatever fun they might be having. Just kind of smirks of it. Vengeance, then? Certainly the most reliable of motivations. Say what you will about the pettiness of revenge, but I've always found it does ensure that the arbitrator gets things done. Exactly. It's a reliable drive. It sure is. Well then, what's the plan? I'm not going to be the one going in there, but I'll lend what advice I can. I don't know hardly anything about the building itself. The fact I even know it's Martella's regular safe house is something she wouldn't believe I'm aware of. I suppose uh, it is rest for now and prepare. And then, as Nori said, we should uh, stake out the place and look around it to see if anyone is uh, guarding it. Maybe we should check it out at night. That may be a good plan. Cover of darkness would assist you greatly. I would not recommend approaching the repository in broad daylight, of course. Whatever they're trying to do, I'm sure they'll have the area observed. They're not going to let you simply walk in. Now, make no mistake, the Dignified Repository is still a warehouse, and in order to serve as a proper cover, it does front as such. I don't know where or how Martella has arranged a safe house in there, but the main bulk of the building is going to be fairly open. It may be difficult, but not impossible 
to keep yourselves hidden. As long as you move carefully. I have no idea how to tell you what kind of numbers the Brotherhood will have put there, though. Hopefully in our recon we can uh, pick up maybe patrols and numbers of people guarding the perimeter. I'd also ask that you use caution. As I said, it's still a fully functional warehouse and there may be more hostages inside than just Martella. I don't know how many employees she keeps on staff to run the building for its above-the-table services, but they may still be inside. It would probably be a good idea to stake out the place, possibly find some kind of floor plan. It, not sure how, but it would give us a good idea of what we're working with, at least. It's a good idea... And a clever thought, but I don't think I'd be able to source any sort of a blueprint for the building in a reasonable amount of time. Even through my channels, that bureaucracy can tie things up for days, if not weeks, and we don't know Martella's current state. We can't leave her there for long. If it's not possible quick, then it won't be worth it to us for now. We will need to scout it out before we do anything, though. Figure out where they're set up, what they're doing. Like you said, there will be people watching, so... Hopefully we can identify them. Now, it is near the Crown's Gate, so it's in a fairly busy sector of Opara. Uh, there should be plenty of other buildings and just the crowd uh, for you to case the warehouse before you head in. You should have perfectly good sight lines all around it, but I will warn you that I know the building has no windows, as rarely warehouses do. Uh, it does, however, have many entrances other than just the standard service entr entrance and also the loading bay. It's got access points all around the building, so if you can find which side will be the weakest, you should be able to enter from anywhere. Well, that's a plus, at least. I had Mauricio take a brief look at the area earlier, uh, hoping that that had been where Martella had retreated to. I just didn't know at the time that the personnel outside were Brotherhood. They do have roaming guard patrols. Look like two pairs of them, keeping watch around the outside of the building. I assume now that those are Brotherhood agents, but could be mercenaries, could be anything. It's entirely possible that all this worry is for nothing. Martella's a very capable woman, and she and her her agents may her, have foiled the Brotherhood entirely, and these could have been her own guards she put up, but I felt it best not to prod the situation further, not knowing what I was going into. It is possible, but until we check, we have no way of knowing. She could be stuck in some kind of safe room, for all we know. It's entirely possible that she's trapped within her own safe house. An ironic turn of fate, but one hopefully we can liberate her from. Now, if you wish to have the use of the two agents I can get control of, you're going to want to head to... The Hearty Mug down in Canal Row. It's not terribly far east of here. Around sunrise, Valeros and Mauricio will be there. You will hopefully recognize them. Uh, 
fairly large man that should be wearing his, his own breastplate with constantly messy dark hair and a half-elf woman with stark right hair, white hair, much like Anori's. Should be easy enough to find. If you can't identify Mauricio by the 37 daggers she keeps strapped to her chest at all times, then I don't know what else to look for. <laughs> she Understood. is cautious. Now, is there anything else, anything else I can offer you? Any more information I could possibly provide? If there is something wrong there, and the Brotherhood has taken the warehouse, I want this to be successful, and I will assist in any way that I can. Of course. Um, I don't believe there is anything else for now. One of my agents will meet you at the Hardy Mug tomorrow morning. Well, thank you very you. much for your help, though. Anything is appreciated. I wish we could have met under more fortunate, uh, fortunate circumstances, but it seems lucky we did it all. Agreed. With that, she nods and uh, bows out and heads back out into Apara. So, seeing as it's becoming evening and everything, I... We'll go to my parents and see if they wish to take me to a physician tonight or tomorrow. And I will split the money that I got, 75 per person. Nice. Yep, so uh, let me see if I can add that to... I'll add that to Baylor's sheet, actually, because I have a sheet. 75 gold, you said? Yeah, 75, 75 gold, gold per person. Each that you got from uh, Trent. And also, I need to adjust my move speed because I'm a level 3 fighter. Oh, yeah, you get the armor training now, don't you? Yep. High Guardian uh, does not take that away from me. Spicy. You got one of three archetypes that doesn't lose armor training. Yes. <laughs> it's armor it's so training good. and bravery are the two things that you literally always lose in fighter archetypes. But you get to keep that this time. Well, I still lose bravery. Uh, it gets changed over to compulsion instead of fear. I don't know that there's a fighter archetype that doesn't miss bravery. <laughs> I don't honestly miss the fear thing, because I'd rather not turn on my friends. Yeah, I mean, the compulsion one is, is actually better. I would much rather have that than... Uh, I'd much rather have resistance to enchantment compulsions than resistance to fears. Not only because there's so much worse usually if you fail, but also because I feel like generally in Pathfinder, compulsions are more common than fears. Yeah. Especially as you get the higher level. I mean, stuff that shakes you, I guess, is super duper common. But now, anything beyond shaken is not very common. How do I change my movement speed to reflect this? Oh, oh that's... never modified by armor and or encumbrance. There we go. Boom, got him. It's on the very last yep, sheet. There's a, there's a checkbox. All right. So is there anything any of you want to do with the rest of the night? Go to a physician. <laughs> it, is a, it is sundown. So they could certainly take you one. Your father would definitely have one come to the house, rather, if you're, if you're going to be here. Yeah. He would send uh, the other servant out, and he would bring back a doctor. So instead of healing three hit points overnight, you would heal for six. Because it's just standard non-magical care. Yeah. 
the rest of you are you going to you all came back and convened at the stalwart estate i assume for a reason that wasn't to run into deschamp because you didn't know that was going to happen so uh no just a meet up yeah, uh meet up reconvene figure out what yeah. we're doing and deschamp happened to be there um and then Dara's just gonna go home so the you yeah, the... he can be here tomorrow or he can actually meet them at the uh mug place tomorrow so the three of you are going to go your separate ways then and head back to your your own individual houses and rest for the night and prepare so you rest the night everyone heals up fine everyone gets three hp back except now who gets six from the physician and you have the morning to prepare your spells or do whatever it is you do for your various class abilities in the morning you have a regular night in your own beds with nothing terrible happening to you we all sleep there's no nightmares Yay. no one is just no one's sitting over us watching our bodies you know, you know how a weird half feral man <laughs> just kind of watching who absolutely just refuses sleep so uh, when you awaken in the morning you are admittedly healed but Nell and Inori your your bodies are less than pleased with your day spent underground and fighting through everything you fought through and you wake up in the morning Nell, a bit sore, obviously. You're still missing HP, I'm pretty sure, so a bit sore yeah. is beyond. But I mean, like, a bit internally sore. Uh, your throat feels rough, and your, your sinus is kind of clogged. And Inori, you have that, but much worse. What? And for you, you wake up feeling terrible. Uh, like you've contracted some sort of illness somewhere in that underground. And as you awaken, you actually take stat damage. You have one less dex and three less con. Jesus Christ. You are actually very ill. Uh -huh. And I just wake up with a fucked up face. You wake up with a fucked up face. <laughs> That did not heal overnight, magically, no. Nope, it's not gonna. Would the physician still be there? Like, what, was it overnight care? It was overnight care, yes. Would I be able to ask him about, like, uh, having a scratchy throat and feeling a bit stuffy? See what he says? And uh, he would look you over and, based on your complaints, realize that this isn't a... Uh, this doesn't sound like it's a results of your injuries here and let me roll him a heal check real quick because he was still a doctor so he's still gonna roll dice uh he looks you over and he would have asked you at some point how you obtained the injuries as he was treating you would have asked you what happened what would you have told him uh encounter with a large quantity of rats um some rapiers uh, general scrapes and cuts from going through dark so, and dank places. So as you told him in the morning that you, you didn't feel like that 
he kind of nods and says that he did have a concern that something like that might happen. Uh, a lot of the rats, rats are very, very major carriers of disease. It's one of the main problems they have in Apara. And based on your symptoms and especially what you told him about how you were injured, he's almost positive you have uh, what's called filth fever. Which is a very inglorious name for actually a very, very dangerous disease. And he would highly recommend both to you and your mother that you go nowhere for a week and you stay in bed. He says it's only going to get worse. For how I feel now, I'm going to insist that for at least today, I have business to take care of. Right now, it feels like a pretty bad cold. Yeah, like it's, I, it's, like, I'm it's not very crippled. unpleasant, but it's not uh, It's not mechanically influencing you at all. Could I show him the uh, anti-plague and ask him if that would help? He would nod and kind of look it over, hold his glasses up to his face and say yes. Yes, it would certainly be helpful in fighting this off, but tinctures such as those are much more made to prevent the onset of such things in the first place. They're much more effective as a preventative measure than they are as to fight this off. Uh, what you need is rest and medical care. Filth fever is no joke. I've seen dozens lose their lives to this disease. It can very easily be fatal. Understood. I will make sure that I get the, excuse me, the appropriate amount of rest. Your mom is very much not okay with this. Understandable. I will remind her that at least I am alive. It may have been dirty and, and nasty down there with all the rats and stuff, but I am alive. I might be sick but I'm here, and I'm not going back into the hole. And he'll look at you and look back to your mother and say, well, he, he does seem to be fairly well off for now. He's just beginning to show the symptoms. It, it may not take hold for a day or two if you have something drastically important to take care of. Uh, it shouldn't be contagious and unless you're going to be biting people. We're fortunate that it's only the plague is only born by the rats and not the air itself or the water. Yes, that would be quite dangerous around here, wouldn't it? Very much so, seeing as the one set of canals supplies the entire city. If it were able to infect... Oh, what the fuck's this river called? If it were able to... The river sticks. No, I want to say it's the Portmouth. But I can't find it anywhere. I gotta say the Portmouth for now, and I'll probably recon that later because I'm pretty. Oh, Portmouth. I was close. It's a. If it were born into the Portmouth, this <laughs> said he'd fall in a week. I don't know if doctors in Taldor to handle that kind of an outbreak. And it's the reason that keeping the rats under control is so important. Not only are they an eyesore, they carry these terrible diseases, a plague we've never truly been able to stamp out. I do appreciate the diagnosis. It'll let me prepare. 
Let me see, actually, real quick, mechanically. Well, anti-plank will make you feel better from a year sick and you're taking Tylenol perspe perspective. Does anti-plague actually help while you're already infected? Yes. Uh, if you take anti-plague just to take it, um, you automatically get hit by the onset because you failed the initial save. But of course, as all Pathfinder diseases, mechanically you're going to get a save every whatever the period is, which is generally every day. Uh, if you take an anti-plague just to stave off a disease that's coming onto you like this, uh, you get to make two saving throws and take the best when you okay. make your next save in the morning. Did you make a save for me? It was the save from the onset. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. I would take you're, this you're to gonna, roll twice it's, tomorrow. It's just like poison. You're going to take the... Well, since you haven't actually... You're, so Pathfinder Diseases, you're in the onset period right now. Which means since you already failed the save and you already have it oncoming... I'm actually... Yeah, I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah. I'm, I'm not positive if you get another save when it actually starts hitting you. I think it's just like poison. If you fail the save to get poison in the first place, you're going to take the first tick of it before you even start getting saves. You're going to get the first tick of the disease tomorrow. Diseases are so weird. Yeah, it's really awkward. But if you use an anti-plague, I'll let you take a save against the very first tick of it, since you used it during the onset. And Nori got a one-day onset, so she didn't really get any warning. She kind of just woke up and was like, ah, oh, I felt fever. But okay. uh, you got a two-day uh, onset, so you're just going to kick in instantly. How did I get full fever? Just being down Rats. there? Yeah. I didn't even get bit. The, rat, the rat swarms. No, that was Baylor. Wasn't it? The, the rat swarms hit you too. They hit Anori once or twice. There's ah. a couple things in the undercroft that gave you filth fever, but I'm pretty sure all of you got it in the Dagio fight. Except Dara. Dara never got hit. And Amistos. Goddamn bastard. And Amistos. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's also dead, which is a more severe form of filth fever. <laughs> yeah, so. I'll take filth fever over just being <laughs> shot with a crossbow bolt in the face. So yeah. I'll go on ahead and drink and one of those. One day on set. So I'll say, I don't know if this is an official rule because disease onsets are really weird. If you have an onset that's longer than one day and you start so you start feeling it before it actually is mechanically affecting you, if you take an anti-plague, you can get one save against what should be the first automatic tick. But if you get unlucky and you get a one-day onset like Anori did, it just kind of hits you. You go from flying, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh god, I have Ebola. That's pretty much what happened to it. The only rat that hit me was that son of a bitch with the fucking magic missile. <laughs> you took damage from the swarm, too, when, it, when you were trying to fight the last swarm. That was... I'm, Almost positive, that's what gave me the filth fever. Huh, okay. Because Doggio himself never ended up biting anybody, but the swarms both had it. Do you want me to go on ahead and roll that? Oh, we'll roll it tomorrow. Okay. Just remember that you have a save. I'll actually put it in my notes, even, that you uh, you have a save. I'll put one in mine as well, extra just to be save. safe. Yep, I got you know that you have an extra save. Uh, for what it's worth... In Vodtopia, Mancha, Baylor would wake up feeling similar to no. Uh, also not feeling any immediate mechanical penalty, but definitely starting to feel the onset of something. Spoiler alert, filthy either, but you don't know that in character. <laughs> I do. Nell does, because he literally has a doctor on hand right now. <laughs> so Nell knows it's felt favored. The rest oh of you, uh, other than Dora, Inori and Bellor just know you don't feel good, which is, again, understandable after fighting hordes of freaking rats underground and being in a 
dank centuries abandoned under the craft for a full day. It's not surprising that you feel something. Losing oh, three yeah. con, I thought I would lose a lot more than one hit point, but that's... No, nah, blood takes down one modifier. Uh, <laughs> you should lose three. Because one yeah, modifier should take three. one per level. I put a minus three in the temp. Let me see. You have to lower your actual con score and then lower your actual health. No, you're good. Uh, that would take you from... You actually get it really bad. You go from a plus one to a minus one. So you take over Ooh. twice. So, like, for instance, if you get rid of this. Oh, it doesn't auto-calculate HP. Yeah, yeah you oh, have to okay. manually do it. it. I thought it did. Uh, yeah, it doesn't auto-calculate HP. So, uh, you go down six. So your max HP is 15 right now. Oh, boy. Because it did bring you down the nine con. There you go. That should be your correct character sheet. Yeah, this one doesn't auto-calculate health. Okay. To be fair, the other one didn't auto-calculate health either, which I get why they don't, because there's so many things that factor into your health in Pathfinder that trying to auto-calculate it is just a lost cause. So, Nell wakes up, uh, talks to the physician for a bit, gets really recommended he not go outside, ignores him. What are you doing, heading to the hearty mug? Yeah, that's where we were told to go the next day. Dara wakes up feeling perfectly fine, uh, grabs his crossbow, and heads over to the hardy mug. Yep. Oh, uh, for what it matters, I did grab my fighter's kit this time, since we're doing some actual yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah you have all of your fight. stuff that you started your character with now. And Nori, you wake up feeling like actual death. Like yeah. a... You're weak. You're, like, physically fatigued. Not the condition fatigued, just physically fatigued. Um, and you feel just slow. What, the plan yeah. was to meet up at the Hardy Mug at sunrise? Ooh. Definitely feel pretty damn bad. Um, she's gonna ask... Oops, I didn't mean to click that. She's gonna ask Kieran what he thinks. Do you think I should continue on through the day, or should I just sit this one out? Because I feel like death. The sword does not reply. Oh, damn you! The sword's pretty bad, noises. my dude. <laughs> All right, she's gonna cowboy the fuck up, get her shit together, and start um, working her way there. I guess. Ain't no bitch. So three of you are going to head down to a hardy mug, which is down near one of the bridges in Canal Roll, uh, in one of the more populated areas of town, uh, kind of at the intersection of all of the main roads that come in from both the Lionsgate and the Crownsgate, as well as the Grand Bridge. So it's a pretty good place to put up an inn. And this, this is probably more the speed of inn that typically Nell frequents, because this isn't... This isn't like a hole-in-the-wall, 20% chance you get stabbed kind of in. And it's not a super high-end, like, White Griffin. This is a very kind of middle-of-the-line, like, your bog-standard tavern. So, Especially no, with how close this is to the estate. 
Yeah, yeah, it's also really close to your house too. Yeah, that's be uh, that, that's that's what. Just a good, little less than a quarter mile away from your place. It's not terribly far. That's just a decent walk. It changed the ruler tool. It has so many buttons on it now. I mean, on a lazy day, he could just walk down to the river, give someone five silver to take him down to the the hardy mug. Yeah, there's definitely carriers that run around to Paro, so you certainly could. It would definitely not be five silver. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> it would cost. Carriers is like maybe five copper or five a copper. silver to get around unless you're trying to rent like a, a whatever the horse equivalent of a limo is <laughs> but, uh, who knows maybe he's feeling nice that day a horse centipede i guess <laughs> <laughs> you head down to the hardy mug so uh dear characters this is a place that you've been before you frequent this place then yeah yeah absolutely all right so you're already close proximity the uh the sign doesn't have any actual text on it it is literally just kind of a a haphazard, kind of not super skillfully carved, big, foaming glass mug that's just mounted up above the above the main entrance, just on the front of a little above a little extended covered porch. And you head in, and there it's not the kind of place that's got a half dozen bartenders like Wade Griffin. You got two or three ladies dancing around, bringing different trays, and uh, just order from wherever. And then the proprietor herself, who you'd probably know is uh, one of the only Olfen in the area who's not here for the Olfen Guard. It's a, a fairly young Olfen lady named Olfhilda. <laughs> please, please tell me you read that. Yes. Yes! yes. Uh, I love it. And so you'd head in, and it's not terribly packed at sunrise. This tavern, there's not a whole lot of people in here. Uh, a couple people in just getting uh, morning meals because they do also dual function as a restaurant. So serving you some stuff as well. Some food getting passed around. Some less or not alcoholic beverages. And one man very much just absolutely drinking in the corner with what looks like a, just a tin banged up mug he brought himself. But he has them just keep bringing beer and filling as he... As you walk in, see him getting it filled up once, and he's definitely already had at least one prior to that. Uh, sitting across a booth in the corner from a half-elf with at least 37 daggers strapped to her chest. So it's a fairly safe bet. This is your boy, Valoros. Your boy, it's an Valoros. awful lot like a certain person from the cover of a certain book. What if... Hear me out. Shut up. <laughs> what book? You can't see shit. That's metagaming. <laughs> this looks like the dude on the cover to the guidebook to our entire universe. Does anyone else see the resemblance? Here? <laughs> we need to lock. We need to lock Nell up. He's talking about like some fucking alternate no, shit going on. He's speaking to Cthulhu. He's like hearing some crazy shit in the background. But no, I see no reason. Uh, come on, I get. As written to pull in some Pathfinder Society agents you guys get to work with and they don't give me any, obviously I'm going to pull the Iconics in. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's like I the mean, most duh. teed up opportunity to use Valeros and Mauricio, two of my favorite fucking characters in Pathfinder lore, ever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. But in back to, like back to character. These are, these are you guys. Valeros is sitting there, seemingly in a fantastic mood. Taking some hearty drinks. 
Mauricio sitting uh, at the other side of the table, kind of uh, back leaning half against the back of her bench and half against the actual wall behind the booth, like kind of as back in the corner as she possibly can be, just sort of sitting there, amused, watching Valeros go, but not participating at all. As you all convene here, Dara, you would see that uh, Nell probably looks realistically fine, but you get the occasional sniffle, and uh, Inori looks like she's dying. <laughs> Inori, <laughs> Inori would be, she's she's very ill. I mean, it's struggling. It's difficult to express an illness that mechanically does three constitution damage to you. That is like literal cancer. You yeah, like her skin's like odd color. You now. are pale. You have like red sagging bags below your eyes and your eyes are probably like super watery. You are like very visibly ill. That's an incredibly severe illness. I mean, I yeah. would imagine that Literally Phil's fever is like, um, what's it called when your blood is literally toxic? Sepsis? Something terrible. Sepsis. I would imagine you could see like the veins from where the infection oh, started no. are turning red. I hope she's not that bad. I don't think she's that bad right now, but I think that, uh, I think Felt Fever is basically Pathfinder's analog to the actual Black Plague because oh it's a it's a rat-born disease that peek behind the curtain. It's a rat-born disease that does D3 con damage. That's a dead peasant, like, Eight times out of ten, if they can track this. Uh, this is, for a, a low-level disease, incredibly lethal, especially against uh, basic commoners and whatnot. And I, I want to say Pathfinder actually has a disease just called the plague, but this is, this is basically Black Death. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is day one of waking up with the onset of Black Death. Uh, so you're not you on made, the verge the of you made dying it, yet. The way you made it sound was like, yeah, you're really bad for one day. But okay, that's not the way this goes. No, uh, it's because you just, uh, I mean, you just woke up with the first day you're, you're showing symptoms. This is just the beginning. This is the first poop. moment of you showing symptoms and you're this bad. This is, filth fever is really severe. <laughs> filth fever will kill you. Filth fever will absolutely kill a level three character. Yeah. If you uh, if you don't do anything about it and roll poorly on your fortitude saves, or even roll I, just decently on your fortitude saves, it will absolutely kill you. I would still attribute it more towards uh, sepsis because you can get it from having poop slathered on a weapon. Like that's it, true. It's, yeah, filth fever is actually not just rat born. It's, it's so are they going to stop me from going from this filth. place or, and tell They're me to see a fucking doctor before? We I mean. In the White Griffin, maybe. In Hardy Mug, nah. You look like you're having a bad day. Have a drink. No, I mean like Dara. You look like you need a warm meal. But that's (laughs) that's up to uh, that's up to Dara and uh, Nell if they're going to stop you. Nell would also feel this, and he knows. Nell knows what the doctor told him. Nell not only knows that he has filth fever, but that filth fever is incredibly lethal. I would go on ahead and say, and you would see Anori looks way worse than you. Yeah, when when I see Anori, I would go on ahead and say. I kind of had a doctor check me out last night, and this morning he said that you might be dying. Uh, filth fever is kind of spooky. You might be dying. <laughs> I love it. Come on, Mel. Don't sugarcoat it, man. 
we're going to need to go buy some anti-plague. I only have one. Probably not a bad idea. I do, I do in fact, feel bad. And it's putting it lightly. I'll go on ahead and slide that anti-plague across the table. Why don't you guys, uh, any of you, make me a heal check or knowledge arcana if any of you have it. I can do arcana. That's a three for healing because I'm, I'm yeah, not... Yeah, you know, you know what the doctor told you. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what you know about Felt Favor is what the doctor said. My dice didn't come up, but I got a six, which is not much better. You know what Nell said, which is like what the doctor said, but secondhand. Why am I dice rolling at two FPS? Yeah, that's weird. Mine are as well. Arcana. I think that's, I think that's a real 20 thing. So, Inori, you would know, uh, with based off of what Nell told you, that this is not like a magically empowered disease or anything. This is rat aids. And you would know that there are spells that a cleric could cast or beyond that potions you could acquire that maybe they won't remove the actual disease itself, but you could indefinitely fight off the systems uh, symptoms. A potion of lesser restoration would, if not entirely bring you back, at, at least reduce how severely you're impacted. I got some... I got some cash. Probably not hard to find that in a You also know the market price of a potion restoration is about 300 gold. Okay. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is this, but uh, I'm sure we are all willing to spend something to not let someone die. You also know that outside, uh, potions are very expensive because alchemy is difficult and... uh, you have to be both skilled and magically inclined yourself to create a proper magical concoction. However, the going rate to just have a cleric bless you with a simple second level spell is about 60 gold, which is a lot better. But there's the... Uh, we happen to know a cleric. Temporary with a cleric, though? Oh, uh, no, having a cleric cast less restoration on you, so it'll still... Oh, it's the same thing, effectively. Yeah, it is exactly the she same as the God. Just, you can't bring it with you. You you <laughs> pay a pretty primo tax for potions to be able to have it on your person. And Makes sense. Yeah. On demand is way yeah, more important than just being That's able to have it. Pay for it in real world. Yep. And make me a knowledge local. Anyone or? Just anyone. I will, let's go we'll start with the Nari and then we'll open up to anyone. I don't have knowledge local checked. Is that just a... Oh, uh, okay. Well, means you uh, can't do it. So if you would share that with anybody, then uh, somebody else can go ahead and give me a knowledge local. I can't roll. That's a 13. You don't have it either, Joe? I do not. Uh, between you and... Let me go ahead and throw... Baylor's. The... Man, this this is so good. No more having to figure shit out. I can just do this. I don't have to worry about nice. changing my paint or anything. I just click. He knows where it seat. is. Uh, between you and Baylor, you, I mean, even at 13, you would know of several churches in Opara that you could turn to that offer spellcasting services like that. Uh, there would be two primary ones that would be most likely 
uh, for you to be able to just walk in, hand somebody 60 gold, and receive a lesser restoration. The first, of course, is the main chapel of Abadar, which actually is very, very close to this. It is right there. It is on the other side of the party icon. <laughs> That's where I would go just because we already have it's an acquaintance. It's four right here. It's... And I'll go ahead and uh, as you know about things that are already on the map, I'll write these down to map marker as well. Uh, the aptly named Cathedral of Coins. Sorry, Joe. Would <laughs> certainly be able to provide this. And honestly, you can look out and see it from the Hardy Mog. It's incredibly obvious. It's a chapel topped with uh, ringed discs of gold and silver that resemble a small stack of coins in place of the more traditional dome. The entrance is flanked with marble fountains. It's pretty extravagant. Um, clergy outside preach into the streets the teachings of Abadar. They have not only a functioning bank inside that anyone, follower of Abadar or no, can use for their own deeds. They also have actual organized clergy serv uh, spellcasting services in addition to their more church-like uh, daily sermons that anyone is, of course, welcome to join at their own teachings. Uh, they also run a school out of the back of it. It's a very large operation that the Abadarian clergy runs here. The second one is... Which number it is down? Oh, it's also not very far away. Uh, just a little further down here a little more to the south if you are Joe, but he was actually out of character, literally just Joe, and refused to go to the Church of Avatar. You also have the House of Dawn's Redemption, which is a bit further away, and it's it stands out almost as much, not because of its size or extravagance, but because it is a very Kadiran-styled building, and a lot of Apara and Taldor are still kind of racist towards Kadira. So it's odd to have that here. But topped with its rose gold domes, it is a central church of Saren Ray's healing and serves as a hospital, a, a standard non-magical hospital as well. It's not where your physician would have been from, but they also run both a magical and standard hospital. Uh, and being Saren Ray's healing-focused establishment there, that would be the other great option for you to go to to try and get a lesser restoration cast. However, the 22, Baylor would inform you that though he's never been there really personally, he has heard, and especially in light of the rumors around the town, true or not, he has heard that the church has acted as an asylum and a shelter for... Kadiran fugitives or uh, even Talden criminals fleeing ah, the law. Shit. So if I went to and that. And hold one... them with no judgment, as he's heard. God damn it. Tempting to go there, but uh, you know, who knows? The criminals might not like her. Uh... You roll me a part in underground. Getting a lot of work today. Yeah, you're in a para now. Weird. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't apply when you're stuck in a dungeon underground. Ah, 14. Uh, so with a 14, 
you would, I mean, you can't be positive for sure. You can't 100% say. But you're pretty sure that's bullshit. Uh, in fact, okay. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, Don Mother Tondlios has on several occasions handed over foreign spies to the Whitehall constables. And you're pretty sure that's just a rumor because, again, kind of racist against Kadirans here. All right, then I'll uh, let's tell the party now that they've um, showed their concern. And yeah, I definitely feel like not good. Uh, you guys should go ahead, continue the business, go on with the meeting without me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the walk and go get fixed at the house of the Dawn's Redemption. Now that and, I know uh, where it is. As you kind of discussed that, this would be this is before you go into the Hardy Mug. Tiny bit of rollback yes. there. Okay, yes. so this is before you actually go in. Uh, and as you start to kind of come to an idea of how you're going to deal with the filth fever, I think that's a pretty good stopping point right there before we get real deep into setting up and actually moving into the dignified repository event. Exactly. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty good. good thing we got going on.